Won't you please make this? everyone and welcome to another episode of please make this uh this is the podcast where we normally sit down with a guest write and come up with an idea for a movie write scenes from that movie and then read them with actors uh but lately we've been just coming up with movies by ourselves because we've been socially distancing and recently we even strayed even further from our normal path by coming up with one idea for a movie and spending three episodes writing it uh and that is what we're Woo! doing right now uh, yeah uh this is part three of our saga of our candyland saga uh to write the entirety of the screenplay for candyland uh, we are two-thirds of the way through we... the board <laughs> and the story that is creating for us if we uh, could just so... insert uh, like a, a like a just roaring crowd that's just cheering yeah, so loud Right now. For this. That's what should yeah. be going on Candy. right now. They were just, they were just make the listeners. Candy. 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 <laughs> they would just think there, there was there was something else going on in the background that was more fun. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I'm Hobart Thompson, and I'm one of your hosts. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm Spencer D. Blair. I'm also one of your hosts. And I'm Laura Petro, and I'm your third and final host. Oh, so how's it going, gang? Oh. Oh wow. You know. The the time in between episodes is so lovely and it's just so <laughs> nice. And then I I I felt so much joy listening to the last episode, but also the whole time it's just like, what is happening? I, I, I know. To to continue the metaphor I've been using in all these episodes, uh, I feel like not only did I just like yeah. pick someone at random to lose my virginity to, but that's where I was like, let's make this work. <laughs> yeah, and then that person like the next morning is like, hey, want to get breakfast? And you're like, I am hungry. Yeah. Well, now now I feel like we're several months in, and I'm just like, oh god. I just don't know if I'm feeling candy. Right? You know, we're like, it's like we're in the final two months of this relationship, basically. Yeah. Well, we're at the point where we're like, I can see the end in sight. Yeah, Can- Candyland just mentioned meeting Candyland's parents, and I'm like, oh, maybe I need to do it sooner rather than later. You know, I will say I am surprised at how, um, like, I I feel excited to be like, wow, we're we're gonna we're really gonna finish this thing. Like, I feel like I'm in like a Disney movie, being like, guys, we're gonna do it. We're gonna oh, yeah. no, 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 no. write this feature I mean, film. I'm proud of what we've done. I just personally <laughs> am tired of thinking about candy. You know, and it's also one of those things that it's like, I love what we've written, but there's no way to make it sound as good as what we've done <laughs> when I tell people about it. Because I go, yeah. so we... It really is. If, if this is the script that we've sold, I would be pissed because <laughs> we have come up with some so many ideas that i love so much and if what we ended up doing was a Candyland. dramatization of Candyland, have you i'd be like this is the problem with oh, you know movies this you know the, movie the source material was there we couldn't be schlock. mad at it like this is something that should open the door for us to be like oh hey why don't you make this one that's so much better yeah let me but list off like, like, no, no, no. let me list off my other 10 movies that you should make before Candyland. <laughs> let me list I, any other film yeah. we've written yeah i would i would happily sell this idea oh absolutely but it's just oh, like I or feel like more likely not sell this idea because we've and never even attempted to get the rights to this story. <laughs> I, it's not that we would never sell this idea; it's that so many of our scripts that we make become little passion projects because mm-hmm. we like created them in such a special world with somebody that this one is just like this wasn't even our idea; it just already existed. 
Uh, but we would oh, still I sell think it. We've made it our own. We have I made it think, our own. That's and I true. think that and that, by the way, is something I want to discuss because mm-hmm. we have been, you know, it's our third one. We've been sort of in these video uh, episodes, which we've only, uh, also done one of them, uh, uh, kind of talking about the the previous scripts we heard and where we want to go next in the story. And I think the two guiding lights uh, that that focus into one light for this one is. Mm-hmm. I think we all did a great job with our middle story scripts, but I'm starting to cool on the Lord of the Rings stuff. Okay. I kind of feel like this movie needs to be a little quirkier. I was honestly, it, I think it's fun it making all my it references to Shadow Facts. Not just well, yes, but not just <laughs> you, not just you. All, all of us, like uh, the the hard that I just the balance of hard fantasy and goofiness. I think is so important to make this film. I really agree. Sick. Yeah, because yeah. mm-hmm. every part where we had something that felt very like fantasy tropey, I felt a little like we were losing sight of what we created. Mm. Yeah, it it felt like it, it truly like in the last episode when we said it's like if you made a. Uh, uh, G version of Lord of the Rings, you'd have mm-hmm. to send it, it, set it in the Candyland yeah. universe. And I think that it's right now... It's straight so much from that, yeah. Yeah, now there's too much Lord of the Rings in our can. You got your Lord of the Rings in my Candyland. Yeah, but unfortunately, unlike the Reese's or uh, chocolate peanut butter metaphor, uh, this this is not enough of each. <laughs> the balance is off. <laughs> and like, also... You got one chocolate chip in my jar of peanut butter. And one, Damn, yeah, one of them tastes bad. I wish there had been more chocolate yeah. in it. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I don't, I, and I don't know what that work. I don't know. I don't know what that means. Uh, I think we have some really great elements. I, the one thing that I think has really been the guiding light of, uh, the scripts, not just like for us writing them, but also for the, uh, readings is, uh, Sierra and Maggie have been doing a phenomenal Excellent. job bringing the two characters. Yeah. Like, I, I really feel like I know Hans. Well, and it's like, it, listening to them read the first episode kind of helped me write those characters this episode. Yeah. And I think we can all agree with that. Yeah, where it's like kind of like when, especially even when I heard Devin's Mister Mint last episode, I was like, oh, I know exactly the type yeah. of person Mister Mint is. Kind I know of how this guy sounds. Yeah. yeah, like robotic, but like you know, you're, you're on his side for for now. Well, it's like you just think he's a robot because he's made of mint, and that's such a hard candy. And then you're like, I, oh, no. I think about Mister Mint the way yeah. I think about like Smokey the Bear. Yeah, it's like if Smokey the Bear arrived and told me what to do, I'd be like, oh, of course, yes, sir. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's one of the very interesting things about this, rather than all the other. Please make this episodes that we've done is we have like other. We have characters and actors to draw on to like keep building these characters. Mm. It is, yeah. Yeah, that's been that's been really interesting, and it truly did help me a little bit. That's something we've never really had before. Is like we go into knowing like this is the, like this is our entire cast and who we're mm-hmm. working with. Like, because like going into this final episode, we basically know like we're gonna have the same cast of characters. And then we'll probably we'll use the same people to cast the we remaining need, candy a, people. We, but we need a Mr. Can, a Mr. A King Candy, a King Candy, mm-hmm. and a, a Gloppy, and a. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a big thing I want to focus on is what King and Candy's Wally. like. Well, mm-hmm. I think one thing before we move on, I think that we, if we're talking about bringing more Candyland into Candyland, I don't think it's. I don't even know if it's more Candyland. I I think we have a ton of great detail. The detail works well. Amazing. I think yeah. we built the world of Candyland really well, but I think that that feeling of Candyland, that kind of goofy, fun kind of yeah. candy, that sugariness of it, I think that uh, 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 what we need is a little bit more plumpy. Not necessarily in lines, but I think everyone needs a little bit of plumpy in them, and I uh, I think that's yeah. kind of what we're missing. I, I, I think I, I don't disagree with what you're saying, but I think rather than Plumpy's energy, I think Plumpy's energy, but not Plumpy's vibe. 
Yeah, but not because, Plumpy's like, vibe. Yeah. I, 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 I thought I thought a lot about like uh, when I wrote like the Licorice City scene. Like, uh, saying I wanted to, like, be is that, like, yeah, Candyland's fun and colorful, but it's not all the same flavor. Yeah. Like, it can't, it's not, it's not all cute. Yeah. It's not all sweet. Like, some parts of it can be sour or salty or bitter. Like, that's the, where that's the, the I think that's you, because I, I do agree with you. We can, like, pull on, like, whatever the candy zone is yeah. dictates the mood and personality of the area. I like that. I really like that. Yeah. Because that was something I, like, I kind of tried to touch on that in mind and how, like, Gumdrop City felt, like, very, like, lively but also, like, empty at the same time. And then, like, Liquor yeah. City felt very, like, just dark but happy, too. Like, I think... I also love the decision to make it old-fashioned. Yeah. It's a very old-fashioned Where it's just, like, I loved the... I loved the... Yeah, like, the, the, these t- towns... God, I'm so invested in this. I love how these towns, like, they and these places all are in candy land, but they feel Mm -hmm. so different and they Mm -hmm. dictate where the story will go next. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I, 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 cause that's, I think the thing we could use more of the, uh, I just, yeah, I I don't want it to be sillier. I want it to be more personality. I I I think that's, that's, I think that's what, cause like, I think when, whenever we do the fantasy stuff, it feels like we're, we're treading yeah. ground previously trod by other movies. Uh-huh. And when we have the personality stuff science too, it's like, it's like, yeah, I mean, this is not a G rated Candyland movie. Like these yeah. people actually made a no, and it's like, interpretation. And I like how I like where we're going into this last part. So it's like, we set up there. It's just mm-hmm. kind of like, I think we've, what we're doing is we're setting up this like, Oh, this is your, your typical adventure movie. But then we're, slowly starting to turn it on its head as we've gone forward. And now we're in a place where we can really just go wherever mm-hmm. we want to. And I think that's going to be really fun to play with in this last part. Well, so yeah, let's dive into that then. What yeah. are the three parts that we have left? We have like, normally, the rest of grandma nut. Yeah. Technically. Have, I think I, I, the way I kind of wrote grandma nut is I know I kind of uh, didn't fill out the whole thing that I said I was going to, but I feel like the Grandma Nut, the way I set it up, can really lead into Gloppy. Oh, we need to uh, do Queen, po- Queen oh, Frostine too. We have, we have too, to skip so. Queen Frostine though. Yeah, we got to do. I, I, we got to do Gloppy, Queen Frostine, and King Candy. Yeah, but Queen, Queen mm. Frostine comes next on the board. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but you're right, Spencer. What you did story. write would have led really well into Gloppy. <laughs> Damn. Uh, <laughs> Well, yeah, uh, yeah. So we got to do Queen Frostine, Gloppy, and then King Candy, the big battle at King Candy's house. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I, I personally, I, you know, especially since uh, not to diminish poor Gloppy, but considering Gloppy is a like sentient pile of ooze of shit in a swamp, <laughs> I'm not super invested in giving Gloppy a lot of scene time. Yeah. I think we can kind of we can jolly Gloppy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, we, if we want to, jo- uh, Gloppy can just be like the moat. Uh, yeah, right. I, I think some, we had said that earlier, yeah. and I think it makes sense to make like our next parts like the rest of Grandma Nut, and then uh, more goofs along the way, and then we do a lot with Queen Frosty, and then maybe the last part is that that leads into Gloppy, and the last part is like mostly King Candy. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, I mean, I, I personally like what we have so far. For, what we have for Grandma Nut, so I have no problem just leaving that. Yeah, we just. I, yeah, uh, it's true. We could just like kind of end it there and just kind of have the, the next morning be yeah. like everything is fixed. Yeah, we could. We could have some drama between, um, uh, between all of them if we wanted to. Yeah, but yeah, but it's I, like I, I think it's also sweet to end it like. No, they all did just help Plumpy, and we moved on. Yeah. Well, I, I like the we 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 had decided in the last episode like that 
there was a great deal of menace as they leave her hut. Like, uh, uh, she helps, but she like, you know, exactly makes surprise. it very clear that she didn't have to, mm-hmm. she could have just killed them, mm-hmm. you know, which both yeah. like highlights her own, uh, adherence to her own code and also the, uh, extreme threat she poses. Yeah. Uh, and I really like that. I mean, I think we should just keep that. So yeah, third yeah. Vicarish, and to, to save Plumpy's life, he gives, uh, she asked for something of great value. And the only thing they have is the pathfinder stone yeah. and learn, licorice offers up his mother's dagger yeah i think we do need to include that i would like to include that even if it's a small i dropped that in my part. script on purpose yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. that needs to that needs that that's a big that's a big character detail yeah for licorice that i don't want to lose so yeah uh, that's i think that's the starting point like maybe it's the next day and they're like how could like that's the repayment for this or something I mean, yeah, I, yeah, or even like a continuation. Yeah, I personal, can't I, I'm, I'm open to whatever as well. Yeah, so. uh, we can leave that up to whoever do? it's the thir- the seventh part, eighth, seventh part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one, one thing we could do is, um, I kind of had like some time pass between Plumpy's arrival and Hansel and Gretel's arrival, and so we could uh, have them just like leave, and then be like, "Wait, didn't you have a sword?" And then be like, "Yeah, I traded it." Like yeah. we could, we could show that whole, I don't know I if we want to show it. that whole scene or if we want to just like have this moment where like, he's so noble, he wouldn't even bring it up. I, I, I want to see it. Yeah. I, I would like because, to see it too. Yeah. Because although it's, it's, it also, it only has meaning if we see it because we haven't seen the dagger. We, we don't want to see the dagger doing anything magical or anything. Cause it's not the, the, the ultimate value of it is uh, symbolic. Yeah. It's it's his mother's. That's what in the, to, yeah. what what Grandma Nut wants is something that makes you hurt. It's not it's not if objects of power. It's just someone to sacrifice something for yeah. what they're getting. Yeah, and I think that that is what it's a real trick or treat thing. Yeah, <laughs> and and, uh, and I, I think I I personally think it should be like a, they they get there uh, wrap up their business and they leave and it's like nightfall is coming and it's not a great idea but they're doing it anyway and then they see all the peanut brittle wolves lining the uh, the street and it's like it just makes it clear to them what could have happened. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and that's it. Excellent. I think that's good because especially because it's like we have so much left and I think we really need to figure out like what these three parts are to finish this movie. What happens I guess between Grandma Nut and Queen Frostine or does anything happen or is it then do we just immediately go to Queen Frostine? Because like that's where like it kind of gets to the point where it's like we do need that kind of like trekking through Candyland to go from place to place. I have two pitches for that and I don't know which I like at all <laughs> so we, we talked originally about queen frostine almost having like sort of like a wild white lands like uh beyond the wall and game of thrones witchiness about her mm-hmm. and i i don't dislike that but then i also kind of like the idea that she's like some sort of like almost like a a mystic you know separate from the like almost like a holy woman yeah um, i'm nervous to but say either wise i feel like we need to find a reason why is she separated i'm 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 nervous to say this but i see her almost like a galadriel where she's what like this she's this magical cre- elf she's an elf from uh lord of oh. the rings and her whole thing is that she's basically a god but mm. she chooses to remain mortal because it's fun and sexy <laughs> Well, something we had talked about earlier is Queen Frostine still the wife of King Candy. They're separated. Did I know we had talked about I'm bringing that? Bringing up the the Wikipedia. We had talked about the this. Right no, now. no, we, we talked we did, about we this early, this. early on. Yeah. And I yeah. just wanted to see if it was still on the table because, like, we could do something where maybe like Queen Frostine is like 
her own version of very rogue, but like maybe she is some sort of mystic where maybe she just like shows up when you do need her, not when you don't want her. Like maybe she's like grandma nut, but like nice version. I don't Um, know. Yeah. She's Glinda the good witch, but also it's like Glinda the chaotic good witch. Yeah. Maybe it's Uh, just like, maybe it's like there's something a little like kooky about her where it's just like, Oh, she doesn't give the best advice because she's still like healing from her divorce. (laughs) <laughs> is it a that's why I, I think yeah it's a, and that's my big question is like why are they separated well so here's yeah. what i was thinking my pitch for <gasps> queen frostine okay. was gonna be that uh she's like basically the embodiment of sugar mm-hmm. and somehow through that we kind of put in there that uh plumpy can see uh when people are telling the truth what if she got glimpses of the future and she ran well, see, that so, makes her like the seer okay. version, and, that, and I, well, I feel like that makes her more mystic. I have, yeah, okay, well, yeah. yeah, and I, I, and a, I really like that. I have a loop-de-loop pitch that's yeah. a, a, not anything we've just said, and this is setting this up as the type of movie it would be sold as. Is this is a movie that will have sequels that are unnecessary? What if Queen Frostine is trying to build up her army to overthrow the, King Candy? But we don't really delve into it as that much because that's something that would happen in the sequel. Okay. I I have a pitch that goes along with Laura's that I think <laughs> uh, I, I just want to try. I yeah. think it's really stupid. I, we might, I, I think there's uh, something there. Like, so what if we kind of casually reveal as the story goes on that one of the twins' adventures that I've referenced several times, <laughs> the defeat of the Jarl of Jaws Breakersburg, what if the Jarl of Jawbreakersburg kidnapped Queen Frostine a long time, being an ice cream themed queen, and uh, uh, after his defeat, uh, she decided her life of freedom was so great that she now is basically the pirate queen of a sort of v- Viking s society. I love that. I'm in. I'm gonna okay. lock it in. I'm sorry. I don't even want. I don't even. I don't even like, know. Care. There's no details. I do want to lock in that she's some weird pirate queen. Cause we just yes, going with the fact that like because we did just I, like it's we need to go like with the we've decided this theme is each land of Candyland is so vastly different. And that's mm-hmm. something we haven't had yet. What if? And like we were close, but like that's what it is. What if rather than being the wife of the Jarl of Jawbreakersburg, what if she was the Jarl of Jawbreakersburg and, she and the loss herself. of her kingdom, she had she was forced to marry King Candy? <gasps> she, uh, what if she faked her own kidnapping? Oh, you know, you know what? Uh, you know well, that's Princess Lolly. No, Candy took Princess Lolly. Queen Frostine. She she escaped and she pretended she got kidnapped, but she's really this pirate queen. Yeah, I think I think Queen Frostine escaped, but has told everybody that the the Jarl Jaws Breaker Bird has kidnapped her, and everyone just has believed that for oh, forever. It's, it's like the the Dread Pirate Roberts thing. Like, yeah. the Jarl it's like the Dread Pirate Roberts. Roberts. Yeah. <laughs> That's the, but you know, like, what about this? What about what if, uh, 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 so yeah, her brother or something was the Jarl Jaws Breakersburg. And when he was defeated, she was like, immediately just like, well, fuck this. I'm going to go take on my family throne. See yeah. how I just like did it out of her own volition. Just like it was a decision that she made well, a long time What if ago? she was like forced to be the queen of Candyland, but she was also operating as the Jarl of Jawbreakers. I guess. I well, do. I guess, see, I, I guess the thing that I'm really kind of going for here is I, I really want her to have like a lot of agency since we've decided that she is the the uh, the queen of pirates. So I want her exit now to be something that was just like purely her decision with no pressure on I, her from any other side. <laughs> I, I, no family, yeah. no kidnapping, no romance. She was just like 
fuck it, I'm pirate queen. Can they be? Can they be pirates? Oh. Uh, we're mixing a lot of sweets here. Uh, it's Candyland, Hobart. It is Candyland. Um, I okay, and going back to what we originally said, mentioning all those ideas together, I would love if Queen Frostine and King Candy, Princess Ollie is their daughter, and maybe they're not like explicitly divorced or separated. I would love it if Queen Frostine did just up one day and said, "Fuck it, I'm over this life. <laughs> I'm my own like entity now, and I'm going to rule the Candy Seven Seas." And just do whatever the fuck seas. I want. Yeah, the soda seas or something. I think I would, I would, I really love the idea, Hobart, of her just being like, just separated from her old life and just starting a complete new one. And yeah. no one even mentions her hardly anymore. It, it, I, I think the way that wants to be addressed in the movie is it's like almost like a shock. Like they're like, uh, okay, Lord Licorice, let's head to the castle. And he's like, no, first we must go and find Queen Frostine. Or the Guidestones like, would lead what? them there, really? right? <laughs> That's your fucking plan? <laughs> That's next? Fuck. <laughs> they're like, what? Queen Star? Like, nobody's seen Queen Frostine in, you know, 30 years. <laughs> yeah, like that's that's uh, is that possible? He's like, yeah, I know where she is. Cause yeah. oh <laughs> oh, cause Queen Frostine goes and parties in Liquor City sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she has to. She's a pirate, like crime. Yeah. Vibe. yeah. Well, she like yeah. I think fig- I figure if she's a pirate, she's gonna steal from people. Maybe the maybe people think she's dead. I think that people think like she's missing, or like people don't recognize her when she goes to places because yeah, they're. They because she's not in her, like, queeniness. She shows yeah. up as a cool pirate babe. I think she should actually be extremely unassuming. Uh, now that we're really getting into yeah. what Cream Frostine should be like. It's like, yeah, like yeah. if you were just, like, looked across the room, you'd just be like, wait, you mean that middle-aged woman over there? That that middle-aged pirate lady? Yeah, yeah. The, 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 the like, one with I'm the sure chocolate I'm sure she just has a boat. Hair. It's fine. I mean, she seems nice. Yeah, she yeah. seems nice. Seems like a good mom. <laughs> uh... But yeah, she's well. I mean, I don't want her to be unassuming. I wanted, I wanted to be a big brash pirate babe. I, um, I mean, I think but she's, I think that's she's the baddest kind of brash pirate babe. I think she's a brash wow. pirate, but you don't assume she's Queen Fontine, Frostine. Queen Fontine. Yeah. Queen Fontine. Uh, yeah, she's like the. Uh, she's like the. Uh, I just started watching the new season of Fargo, and she's like uh, the the uh, kind of uh, elder, um, the matron of the crime family in the third season of Fargo. Mm-hmm. Mm. Sure. Um. <laughs> or second. Was it the second one? It's been so long. They can't do three years between seasons, boys. Uh. So uh. my my big question is, what is uh, the use of running into Queen Frostine? Like, why why do the Guidestones lead them there? Why does Lord oh. Licorice pull them there? That was my next. That was my other pitch okay. I had. <laughs> I think their next thing, considering when you look at the board, they should go to Princess Lolly's Lollipop Castle, which is like a a residence just for the princess. And when they get there, they run into Queen Frostine and her uh, Jawbreaker pirates, Vikings, and uh, uh, the like. Uh, they're sort of like, "Who are you?" Yeah. <laughs> and and, and, then, and she's like, "I'm Queen Frostine. You're the guy that kidnapped my daughter." And she's like. Whoa! Just, hold on. <laughs> I do love if Queen Frostine is looting her own daughter's castle. Well, oh I yeah, and that's and that's something they quickly notice. They're like, they're like, she's like, I'm here because I'm worried about my baby, and they're like, why are you taking everything? She's like, I can be I'm worried. We're not going to not take everything. I can yeah. be worried about she's my baby and it. want new candlesticks. Okay, yeah. I love <laughs> these that. guys work for money. This queen <laughs> contains multitudes. <laughs> um. Yeah. Well, so I think that the reason why they would run into her there. Um, is because she's pillaging K- 
King Candy's shit. Like, she's, like, going and, like, taking his stuff and, like, messing with King Candy. But I, I really like I really like the fact that everyone thinks she's dead. And then she I can just that, operate yeah. however she likes. Uh, dead or missing, but yeah. I like missing presumed dead. I like her alive and everyone's too embarrassed to bring it up. That's kind of the same thing, yeah. Which, because of what well, we've, and also this highlights another thing we've talked about: the Bon Bombard, the propagandist for the Candy Kingdom. He turns, uh, "Can you believe your queen's turned on you, my liege?" Into, "Oh, Queen Frostine has passed in the night. Yeah, mm-hmm. melted before her time. <laughs> Rip to a real one. Rip to a real one. Um, <laughs> yeah. So after they go, so after Grandma Nut, they go to Princess Lily's castle where they run into Queen Frostine, who is. Uh, looting it, and then they find out Queen Frostine's, you know, been alive this whole time, which has not been the legend that they've been hearing. Which well, know, that can be why uh, Lord Licorice knows. Yeah, because his closeness to uh, Princess Lolly makes yeah. him know that may, she's still alive. Because, and I think it would be another really good thing if the another reason Queen Frostine was spending so much time in Licorice City partying was because her daughter was there with Lord Licorice. Yeah. yeah, it bring yeah, it gives them a connection. Maybe mm-hmm. we can somebody can put a flashback in one of their scenes. I don't know. Who knows? This movie anything happens now. Does Queen Frostine believe that Lord Licorice kidnapped Princess Lolly? No. He said as seriously as he could. No, nah. I don't think he does. I don't think so. I don't think okay. she does. There, I think she knows what that, King Candy yeah. is capable of. I love knowing that I think Queen Frosty knows King Candy better than anybody. And she mm. knows exactly what's going on and nobody's had to tell her shit. She just unknows. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just struggling with this whole, like, uh, well, I guess, I guess if Plumpy hadn't gone hurt, he would have gone to Queen Frosty first. Right? Uh, I don't think, I, I, I think, I think now that we talk about it, I, I would like to ditch Lord Licorice knows, I mean, he knows that Queen Frostine is alive. Yeah. And he recognizes her upon sight, but I don't think he conceived of going to go get her because I think, honestly, he thinks he's got it. Well, oh, yeah, yeah, I don't I think, think they were going like up to, yeah, I don't think they were seeking her. I think that the Guidestones led them through Princess Lolly's that's stuff. That's what they do. Because yeah. that's what the Guidestones are doing, and then they happen to run into Queen Frostine there. I think that's what that should be. Rather totally. than happening to run into them, I think it would be very fun if Queen Frostine's pirates captured them, and we were like, oh no, is this the end for our heroes? And then they go to the pirate queen, and it's Queen Frostine, and she goes, oh my god, Lord Licorice, what's up? Hmm. Hmm. I just really like the idea of them going into Lollipop Castle and they're like seeing like these big burly uh, jawbreaker Vikings loading stuff into carts and they're like, what are you guys doing here? And they, they start to fight him and then this woman comes out and is like, stop, st- stop it. Everyone stop. I think, that, I, I think <laughs> I'm on out. Hobart's side with this. It's like, I do love the idea of them stumbling upon the, the mythical <laughs> Queen Frostine who has been thought to be missing or dead this entire yeah. time. And I, I, I think also, Laura, you made a really good point by mentioning the Guidestone stuff. It's like, one thing I think that we have not done enough work with in this movie is that, yeah, the Guidestone is in its way sort of this, this magic that takes you not where you want to it's, go. It takes you, you yeah, yeah, it takes it where you're supposed to go. It's like, that's why yeah. they went, that's why they've been to everywhere they've been to. Yeah. It's, it's the yeah. New York of our story. It's its own yeah. character. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's a yeah, not obnoxiously yeah. talking uh, robotic companion. Yeah. Like in, uh, uh, what is it? Is it? 
Oh, are you talking about the Titans? Yeah, Clash of the Titans with the robot Archimedes. Yeah, Archimedes, yep. It's our Archimedes only. Thankfully, it makes no fucking sense. It shuts the hell up, and Plumpy gets to run around and sing. (laughs) Um, Uh, Something I do want to pitch is, like, I would love for, like, them to be like, oh, it's your daughter. You want to come with us? She's like, no, you guys got it. Like, she's she's on her own. She's in in and out. Yeah, yeah, she's like... She has to uh, give them something, then, to, like, get in. Like, she has to either, like, information or a physical object. Or, like, some kind of magical power that she gives them. Like, she... Map? Map? Magic map? A map. That's what the Guidestone is for. But is this a yeah, paper map? Yeah, but this map? is a map on how to get through a secret door in the back end of the castle. I think... I like map, too. That was my first thought. Um, that's well, not, she can it's just, not included with the, with the traditional game tokens. <laughs> she can just say there's, a, there's an entrance in the back. I mean, a map is cool, too, but yeah. What if it was made of fruit leather? Would you like it better? No, I don't like fruit leather. <laughs> uh, although what? I, you know what? I do like fruit leather. Well, yeah. what if... Oh, oh! What if the map to the back, that's where Gloppy is? Why would she lead them uh, to Gloppy? I think Gloppy's the sentient moat. Yeah, but he's in the back. But why oh, would course. she lead them to the moat? Because the front is where all of his armies are. I don't know. Hmm. I'm just, I mean, this is the difficult part we approach. I'm just how thinking, how would I, yeah. uh, how how would I approach a D and D castle? Is I I would go to the back and hide and cry for a little while. See, I feel well. like I do. I for some reason I do like the simplicity of like Queen Frostine. It's just like because like I think when we meet her, we think like, oh, she's definitely going to go with these guys because that's what's been happening this whole time. And her just giving them something like small that's going to be so beneficial, like it's a map or it's a key or it's a. Yeah, like a, um, a se- I, I like a secret or, entrance that she knows of. Or it's castle. like, or it's a key, and at the end of the movie, they go, "We didn't even get to use the key Queen Frostine gave us." And she goes, just, "The key was inside you all along." <laughs> Which would be on par for this movie of just like they get a token, and then at the end of the movie, they address like, "Hey, wait a minute." She's like, "Oh my god, I was so stoned. That's the key to my bathroom." Yeah, Queen Frostine's like, "I was. Wasted. I need that back. My I can't unlock my bike without it." <laughs> I've been my locked bike's out. just tied to the mast of our ship. I can't get it off. <laughs> I've been locked out of my shed for two weeks. Come on. Uh, I do like. Uh, see, I, I I like secret entrance because I, do yeah, like I think entrance. I think the the thing about Gloppy is Gloppy provides such a. Because now I'm imagining if we wanted to kind of write Gloppy out of the movie in a way, is that the the moat this the must the the uh, this castle built up in molasses swamp. Uh, it just like Gloppy exists as a sort of sentient moat and anything that comes across that is not supposed to be there just like a giant hand manifest that just like reaches out and grabs the person off the street you know the road it's like uh it's judge jury and executioner but as a like landscape (laughs) you know i i do i I like a secret entrance as well because it really cuts this whole like grand fight we have to get to get into the castle it really gets us in there gets us to king candy and then we can fight rather than having to fight our way through you know it'd be a cool uh way to actually do guapi just a tiny bit is so they go around back and they have this map that has like secret words or whatever and so they get back to the back where the moat is because it's all around the castle and there's like a little like area and they say the secret words and the molasses hardens and a face appears in like one bubble of it that's like queen frostine are you home yeah they're just like yes uh this thing doesn't know any better it's just like welcome back and a door opens. I like that. You know? Um what she is kind of a 
like magical. She looks kind of her whole thing is that she looks like she has like a, a a snowflake. She has like this magical like kind of cold about her. What if? Yeah, there's supposed to be like all ice cream treats and stuff. Well, so what if that's like the one. what if a that's the key sir? that she gives them? Is she gives something to freeze the molasses to make it through? She goes, "There's a back entrance. Here's um, a, a like candy." Some fucking candy thing. A cooler full of dry ice, pour it in. Yeah. <laughs> and they just sh- shuck it in. Don't touch it. <laughs> They're dragging a fucking dry ice container through. There's a fucking they metal dry ice container air. along it's with It's like them. one of those like, or live organs yeah. things. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. It's like full of beers. <laughs> yeah. This is my cooler. <laughs> Take Queen Frostine's igloo cooler with you. Take these white claws and <laughs> and succeed. Yeah, I, um, I kind of like that. That we give her a little bit more magic as well. I like that too. Mm-hmm. And um, she she freezes she freezes over Gloppy so that way they can get in. And Gloppy just kind of looks like a big sad turd when they bail. Big sad turd. Big sad turd. What? <laughs> what song is that? That's the song of <laughs> Gloppy, the big sad turd. That's the big sad uh, turd song, Hobart. Oh, you're right. You I, know it. I, I you love I didn't it. Recognize it. Um, uh, so uh, I think that uh, I think one other detail I want to lock not lock in, but to sort of suggest is as they approach Candy Castle, it just kind of gets more and more like stereotypical feudal. You know? Yeah. Like everyone seems kind of mistreated, downtrodden. Yeah, uh, and everything's and, uh, mud, like gloppy. I feel like the the the, the gloppiness of the whole area spreads out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, I do agree with that. Everyone kind of has to tread on like boards over stuff, chocolate bars over stuff. <laughs> um, well, Pilfered let's... from the chocolate lands. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let's talk. Maybe talk about this like final King Candy battle. Like what happens yeah. there? Like that's, that's... Gonna, that. This is the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like and I, I think one thing that this movie is doing a little differently than a lot of fantasy movies do, which I kind of like, because again, I'm very invested in making this something a little different than just like a, a parody of uh, mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. is we have no real idea of what King Candy's like. And I think something that I really like with the movie is the repeating motif, which I think we should definitely revisit, especially uh, in our Queen Frostine scenes, of like stories about candy, King Candy that give you some ideas to what he's like. But like when they kind of meet him, like it's us, the viewers, first time meeting this character. Yeah. yeah. We just kind of hear that he's a manipulative bastard, and that's kind of it. Yeah. Yeah. But is he? I'm not saying that he's he's I again, he's definitely the villain of the movie. Mm-hmm. But like is he is he like a mighty like a uh uh is is he like a like a uh oh, uh Baron Har- Baron Harkonnen well, from Dune? I think I'm going a sort of corpulent trickster or is he just like a, I, a huge badass? With or? everything you we've said so far about like how this town is just kind of like a it's not like the 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 place where his kingdom rules is not like the nicest. It's like I think King Candy is just on his own plane of existence where he is so rich. He does not give a shit about like the people who work around and within his kingdom. I think he played, I think you know, like Queen Frosting, he maybe plays by his own rules, but to a very feudal system where it's like, he's very much like I am the ruler. These are my people. I will ruin anybody who gets in my way. I think, I think of King Candy more as like, uh, if we, I think of him as a foil to, um uh lord licorice 
where I want yeah. him to be kind of similar and that he's kind of a charming guy. He's very capable on his own, but he's evil. I want him to be like hot and, he, and cool no, and, he, and bad. He so more should, of like he a should Emperor be, Palpatine. Not well, real not even no, Palpatine. He should just be what everybody thought Lord Licorice was. Oh, I, that's actually a good that's way That's a very it. simple yeah, way of putting it. Bad evil dude. Because, he's a, you he's know, a we thought the entire movie, villain. Lord yeah. Licorice was this evil, evil guy. And it's like, no, wait a minute. That description just fits King Candy. King Candy, are you uh, projecting? You know, actually kinda, I re- the one thing I really like about that is it both diminishes King Candy and also kind of like uh, uh, does like show... That like I mean it's like it's like every character we're making a little more nuanced than a stereotypical like storybook character, mm-hmm. but when they get to King Candy, King Candy is the evil king from every story with an yeah. evil king, just to a stereotypical uh, read. Yeah, and it makes them kind of laughable. Like when mm-hmm. they're fighting, they're like, they're like, what the? Why did we ever like? Like, what's yeah. the deal, man? <laughs> you suck. But the Bombard yeah, like, Bard you- is so good at propaganda. We all thought you were a cool dude. Yeah. Oh, Bomb Bomb Bart has to meet his end. Yeah, Bomb Bomb Bart has Bob to Bob come Bart back at the end. Uh, I, yeah, I think Hansel and Gretel have to kill Bomb Bomb Bart, and Lord Licorice has to kill King <gasps> They Candy. throw him into Gloppy! And he gets glopped. I, I was just thinking the same thing, because I was imagining him, I think like, 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 trying to, like, get them to get him out as he gets pulled under the molasses. Oh, yeah, he's, maybe he's they trying even, like, to do it kind to, of to, on to accident. And, like, he, huh? and maybe they do it kind of even on accident. Where they like throw him in, and they're trying to pull him out, but they can't, and he gets pulled like, under. Could you imagine they like they're like fighting on like some like a castle tower, and one of them just like pushes him off of them, and he just falls over the edge, and they look down and watch as he just falls into Gloppy, and they're like, "Oh no, we didn't mean to do that." Is this? Oh no, I think they should do it on purpose because they truly don't like him. Yeah. <laughs> what you saying to me? Oh, what, yeah. One thing is this: is this too heavy-handed? <laughs> he falls over the side. <laughs> And he's sinking into the molasses. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> and uh, uh, he's calling over to like some of the citizens of Candyland, uh, who were sort of now watching this all transpire on the banks of the uh, the swamp. And he's like, "Help me! Help me! The, 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 the villains are attacking the king!" And these downtrodden Candyland people are just kind of like finally like, "Okay, you know what, man? Fuck yeah. you." Yeah. That's and they just walk off as he sinks in. <laughs> yeah. Um. And I think one thing I really like about that is we don't get to see uh, Bon Bon Bar die necessarily. You know what I oh, mean? Oh, I think he's gonna. I want to see him. Well, there's there's. You a, see one last we don't, bubble. We don't see the body though. That's true. Uh, I mean, they can still Darth Maul him and give him robot legs. Isn't cool. <laughs> Gloppy? There is just all of the bodies he's taken just floating at the top, and you know, over time, there's just been like. Now there's skeletons and half decomposed. Yeah, maybe Lord Licorice at the end goes like, "Hey man, can you spit all those bodies out? Can, can, sure thing. Can you like put thing, them somewhere else? It stinks over here, man." One thing I do want to ask is, does this movie just like end with like King Candy's defeated, this couple is reunited, and Hansel and Gretel can go on their merry way, or do we want like the uh, prologue of like what has happened and like the months following this final battle? I think it can end well. I don't know how I want it to end, because on the one hand, I am very much like, oh, the fantasy ending would be, oh, uh, the true king has revealed himself, and now Candyland will live in peace forever. But we've also kind of set up a thing where we're like, maybe everyone can govern themselves, and we don't need a candy king. Yeah. And so, I don't know if it's uh, that 
they just let they Floppy stay. take the ki- the castle, and Hansel and Gretel just like go and they Move decide to travel else. the yeah. Candylands. I think they decide to rule Candyland. You really? Want, you want an? I know. You want a Narnia want ending they for this it. one? No, I don't think that we have not been building up to them to be leaders at all. They no, hate I know, you're Candyland. Right. <laughs> they hate. Um, they think, I oh, think. All Hansel, all Hansel and Gretel want to do is settle down somewhere. Princess Smoke Lolly can go smash weed. the hell out of Lord of Licorice elsewhere. I could see. Well, and it's like, and it's like I. If they had to move into a castle, I could see them moving into Princess Lolly's castle because, like, King Candy's castle is, like, in, like, the middle of podunk nowhere with all these poor people. I feel like they go to Princess Lolly's castle to just be like, yep, we're just going to, like, hang out here in Lolly land. Uh, And we have all this space and we don't have to milk any more cows and there's better drinks than milk ale. This will come before the epilogue, but here is my pitch for an ending scene. Is so they've defeated King Candy, they've strolled out of the castle, and uh, they're just kind of crossing over the uh, the, the molasses swamp, uh, and uh, they're trying to talk about what they're going to do next. Uh, but as we have previously established in Candyland, the game never truly ends. And so as they're standing there, maybe even it's in the courtyard, I, I, I can't decide. Uh, I think it's the courtyard because it's a big city. You know? uh, and uh, suddenly just like a, a a big white ball flies up and strikes a tower of the castle, exploding it in like a hail of sugar mist uh, as they realize that uh, uh, the Jarlsberg pirate ships are all gathered in the bay, firing on the castle, intent on capturing it. And they're just like, uh, so I guess Queen Frustine's going to take over the city, huh? <laughs> oh, well. I, I like that. I like the idea of like ending on like, well, Queen Frostine's going to take over this city. Cool. And then they just go do their own thing. Yeah. And then exactly. Lord Licorice and I, and that's like, I, like, I love the C plot being like, yep, Lord Licorice and Princess Lolly get to live happily ever after. And that is not, yeah, our, yeah. that is not our main focus, but that is just a thing that happens. What yeah. I think we should hold on from our first couple of sketches is, or uh, not sketches, sketches, scenes, uh, is that, uh, ultimately one of the big, uh, problems that Hansel and Gretel have with this society and this world is that they're sort of always used as pawns in this never ending game. Yeah, and so like when that can happen, the Jarlbergs probably can immediately attack the castle to try to siege it, and they're just like, "God damn it! Ah oh, man! Ah oh, well, let's get out of here." Uh, what <laughs> if? Yeah. Okay, and hear me out here. What if they finish this and then they see some shoots and ladders? No. <laughs> No. I would I'd rather delete you, all three You take that out of you. Have it you take those words you said into the air and you stuff them back in your mouth, Spencer. Yeah, we're allowed to make a sequel of this, but it will not set up a sequel. goddammit. <laughs> much like, much like Buckaroo Banzai, it will establish a sequel only with a post-credit sequence that just says Buckaroo Banzai will return in Against the World Crime League, a movie that was never ever made. <laughs> For what seems like. Good reasons. <laughs> um, I would want to see it. Uh, uh, I mean, I love that. I mean, I love the idea of, the, of it not completing. Of it just, I, I, I just like the idea of like them just walking away. Well, and especially because like that's the thing where it's just like we know in this movie that they're from a part of Candyland that we didn't get to see at all during this movie. It's like we yeah. like there's already another there mo- movies within movies within this, but like out like yeah. with them walking away and moving into Princess Holly's castle, which I still think is great for them to not stay in Cupcake Village. Oh, um, no, they don't want that. Yeah, and it's like, I think that's just like, I think they go to Princess Lies Castle for like, oh, there's no dumb people here. It's just us. 
Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I love that too. All right. Do we, need a, do we need anything more? We already picked parts. Uh, I mean, I think I'm ready. I'm ready too. I think. I think so. I uh, I think I think I'm ready. Yeah, I think I'm definitely ready. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well. So, what's everyone thinking? Ooh, there's some hard ones here, man. This, this is, is hard. hard. This is the end of the movie. This is like the big. This is literally the climax into the ending. Like this is so. It's also crazy because it's like the the three big, really big moments. Yeah. The yeah. The, the, the 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 um not budgeting. What am I was trying to say? Uh, the production. The, not production. What's the word for when you're trying to make a deal with somebody? Deal? <laughs> a deal? <laughs> no, 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 no. The, the uh, haggling. Haggling with uh, a Grandma Nut. Uh, the uh, discovery that Queen Frustine is not dead. Yeah. And, and is currently robbing her daughter's house. And the and, death of King Candy. And the yeah. death of King Candy. It's a lot of fucking shit. Uh, I'll say that I am most drawn to the second and third scenes. But I've also written the uh, last scene for each of these. And so I'm happy to just take the second one if mm. uh, that's palatable for folks. Uh, what about you, Laura? I'm drawing to like the first and the third scene. So like the lead, like the end of Grandma Nut leading into Queen Frostine and then like the very like final battle mixed with mm. the, the prologue. What about you? Hmm. Uh, I mean, I certainly love the idea of coming up with uh, the being the, the the super creepy grandma nut, but I also love wrapping up movies. Yeah. So I'm kind of the same way, honestly. Mm. So yeah, Spencer, if you want to take number two, go for it. Woo! Spencer, it's yours. And now, and now, now it's a two. Uh, we haven't had this in a while. Where uh, classic Hobart and Laura cannot figure out I which know. parts they want. And we normally just get like in a like a, a physical fight. Yeah, we normally it. like I, their blood is drawn normally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I have to um, hide all my knives before you guys come over. We, we um, have Spencer set up the like WWE wrestling ring. Hobart <laughs> just smashes on his muscles. And- Laura stretches, and then you yeah. guys just wail on each other. Oh, they right in the third scene. Well, because it's like, because Hobart and I both haven't written a third scene yet, but we both have already written, like, the first part of one yeah. of these. And I also feel, your I mean, one thing I will say is murder. that I did write the very beginning of the movie. That's true. So, if if you want to take the very end, I totally understand. I, I didn't know which way you were going with that. Is that selfish? I, I thought you were going to say, I took the very beginning, <laughs> so, so I, I should take to write the end. The end. I, I opened it, I'll close it. I earned it, I earned it. <laughs> as, I, as, I, as I often say during our fights, I started this, and now I'm going to finish it. <laughs> um, I was going to um, say, no, I, think... I, I feel like this is, like the fight scene is something I've seen Hobart do a lot, and that's just because he's very... D&D minded and he does that whole fight scene thing. I don't yeah. know that I've ever seen that from you, Laura. Yeah, and I think I should take the challenge of doing like this big final fight Do scene, it. Death of Bon Bon. Um, and I think does my part begin with them and with Gloppy or does it, is that the Spencer's part? Is uh, so I want to confirm. That I feel before. like I should get them there because that'll give you yeah, more I think time that makes sense. to so I will kill do off everyone. All of the battle, all of the rescuing, and then the prologue. Oh, maybe they go to live with Plumpy in his little dumb forest. <gasps> oh, who knows oh, what's gonna no happen now? That. <laughs> but hey, I listen. Oh. I, I I believe they would go to lead Candyland before they go but live with something Plumpy. Something we <laughs> they love Plumpy. <laughs> something we yeah, do. I don't want to live with them. I, I, there's a lot of people I really like that I don't want to live with. 
Sure. But like, something Laura, we do you guys have are just to... getting fights all the time. Something we do have to confirm that Hobart and I can fight about is that Plumpy was a messenger during the Candy Choco War, or the many great wars in Candyland, and so he knows Candyland at the back of his hand, because most of my dialogue is revolved around Plumpy knowing everything about Candyland. I'm putting on the boxing gloves. We're, we're doing this. No, I'm right. not changing no, 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 all no, no. of the scenes I've written. All right, I'll go ahead and sit in the corner and cover <laughs> my eyes. Hobart, I, I, you... would like to, I would like you to meet me halfway. He just hasn't been to Licorice City. Okay. Liquor City was, I think, untouched by the candy war. Okay, because you know what? When he's, I think, but I want him to be excited to go to Licorice City. Because that way, in my part, when he's really excited about Licorice City, I can just put in a, I've never been here before. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And then he dashes across that rope bridge, and that's what I'll do. I've heard stories. I've heard it's It's in my wildest dreams. (laughs) Yeah, something like that. Fuck. Yeah. I, want, I want to have someone well, rub my it, little butt. The big I reason he goes with them in the belly. Because just because the big reason Plumpy goes with them in the first place is because he knows everything about Candyland. Uh-huh. Okay. Yes. Yes. And no, that no, was I like that was a big. That was most of my script in the first part yeah, of the movie. <laughs> no, that's okay. But I will. No, yeah, we can add that line. Get one free punch next time we have a physical fight. Um. Cool. Use it against me. I dare you. Oh yeah. That's that's one way to start a fight is by punching our normal ref. Punch the ref, that's baby. A, See how honestly, he feels about it. That's my I, wrestler character. I I'm love the, the listeners ref. wondering, like, how often do these people fight physically behind, <laughs> off the mic? I, I think we're so much stronger now than we were at quarantine because we are so much healthier. Yeah. But the next time we fight, one of us will die. It's true. Now everything is that heightened reality. <laughs> yeah. We've been living in Candyland for a month, so it's like next time one of you pisses me off, I'm gonna pull a sharpened candy cane out of my belt and be like, "Let's fucking go." <laughs> well, I mean, we've been doing, we've been living in Candyland so uh, so long. I think our next one is gonna just be like murder and, and, and fires. Oh, I was gonna say our next one's just gonna be like four people having a gentle conversation at a funeral. <laughs> <laughs> four very serious people chilling out for a it's, bit. It's, it's, it's like the big chill, but with no music. <laughs> big just chill some out. adults talking about how much they miss their friend who died. <laughs> <laughs> and that friend? King Candy. Yeah. Wow, yeah, yeah, full yeah. circle. Well, yeah, shit. Candyland, Candyland, we're going to do, this is how we break out the action movie, or the fantasy mold, is that our, our sequel is in a different genre. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I mentioned this in the chat, and I, was ner- and I was sad that no one else caught on to it. This is our CLCU, the Candyland Cinematic Universe. Oh, I understood. I just was sad by the connection we now have to Marvel, if that's what we're establishing. And then Tony Stark comes and he shoots them all with a big spooky gun. Woof, guys, we're getting way off topic here. <laughs> oh, no, no. We veered so far off the rails in this last part. Uh, I was going to give us a little synopsis. I love that. Thank Thank you. God bless you. Uh, here we go. All right. So at the uh, in our finale for Candyland, the motion picture, uh, we're going to start off with uh, the bargain making with uh, the terrible saccharine sorceress, uh, 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 Grandma Nut, uh, who agrees to cure um, a Plumpy of his poisoning, but at a price of something near and dear and important to the characters. Uh, they decide uh, after the twins almost offer the guide stones to instead offer uh, 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 Lord Licorice's mother's blade. 
made, uh, kind of proving that uh, Lord of the Creation is someone who is willing to uh, sacrifice himself to save his people and help others. Uh, they mm-hmm. then proceed on uh, down the ominous road uh, guarded by uh, Grandma Nut's uh, 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 brittle villains uh, toward uh, what ends up being the path to uh, the, the uh, Lollipop Mansion, a secret hideaway of Princess Lolly. Uh, and we kind of just have a discussion about how the Guidestones often take you where you should be rather than where you want to be. Uh, when they get there, they find the cat, the mansion, like it's, I'm imagining sort of like a Versailles thing, by the way, oh, is yeah. being like ransacked. And uh, it's Can I tell you what by... I'm seeing in it? They're jawbreaker people, so they're just smashing it with wrecking balls that are jawbreakers. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's yeah, absolutely. Great. Yeah, they're, and they got a nautical theme. It's gonna be great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they, uh, uh, they, yes, the Jarl, uh, the Jawbreaker uh, Vikings under the Jarl of Jawbreakersburg uh, are sacking uh, the mansion, taking everything. And when they, uh, our heroes arrive to try to fight them off, uh, uh, they quickly find out that the leader is Queen Frostine, uh, who Lord Licorice knows is now a pirate, uh, but it is actually a bit of a surprise to everyone else. Uh, <laughs> uh, she is uh, sort of aloof, uh, but willing to help them, uh, giving them a map to get into uh, the candy castle if they promise to help her daughter out uh, and they go into a secret entrance using Queen Frostine's magic to freeze a path up into the castle where they confront dreadful King Candy who ends up being all the villain that he has told others there are uh, that, that Lord Licorice is and they battle uh, with him and uh, eventually uh, uh, Princess Lolly joins the fray and also the, the twins fight Bon Bon Bard uh, Mr. Mint and Jolly and are victorious mm-hmm. over them, including a very ironic death for Mr. Bon Bon Bard. Uh, and then our heroes are, um, they complete their mission. Princess uh, Lolly is freed and they head out toward Licorice City as as the Jawbreakers pirate, as the Jawbreaker Vikings siege the castle of Candyland, <laughs> uh, signifying that something, Candyland never has peace for long, yeah. but they have found theirs in their friendship and camaraderie. Woo! And that's the last part of Candyland. Yeah! <laughs> Woo! That's Candyland uh, the really, motion picture. <laughs> these are going to be long scripts. Are they're going to be long. This last really one I wrote was already this. like long. And I'm like, damn, these are going to be long. Yeah. yeah these are going to be long. Uh, but we'll be back. Uh, we're about to step into the writer's room to finish this movie off. I can't believe we're finishing. The- this is like, now I feel like I'm eating. I've eaten a whole big box of candy in a movie. And I'm like, oh, I can't believe. What? I How did that. I eat that much? Yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, but here we go. As we continue to stuff our face with scripts from Candyland. But before we go, we remind you to. Please make this. All right. That sigh, Hobart. Please, 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 please. Won't you please make this? Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Please Make This. We've just stepped out of the writer's room with our scripts for the uh, final portion of Candyland, the motion picture. Wow. Uh, yeah, I can't believe we ate the whole thing. Yeah. And, uh, wow. It's, Too it's sweet. really like the, it's like the last day of college, and you look back and you're just like, what did I do? Yeah, yeah. What <laughs> happened? As we go on, we remember all these Candyland times we had together, uh, and uh, we're uh, yeah, we're excited. We have uh, our cast around, uh, our some we have people returning, some new characters introduced. Uh, so let's get started. Uh, my name is Herbert Thompson. And in addition to being one of your hosts, I also uh, will be playing the part of Gloppy. Uh, my name is Spencer D. Blair, and in addition to hosting, I will be playing King Candy and the much coveted Villager Two. Yeah. And my name is Laura Petro, and in addition to being one of your hosts, I will be playing Queen Frostine. 
What's up, y'all? It's your main bitch, Devin, a.k.a. Devin Stans, a.k.a. The Baddest. And, you know, guess what? You know, nobody can compare now your wildest dreams, nightmares, or prayers. So let's go do this and have fun in the name of God. Now, listen, I'm going to be playing Bon Bon Bard. I'm going to be playing Grandma Nut. I'm going to be playing Princess Lolly. Mr. Mint might make an appearance. I do not know. Let's rock. Mr. Mint says, I'm getting, and I'm getting word from the studio that Mr. Mint has been cut. <laughs> <laughs> We just didn't test well with our uh, age demographics. Mr. Mint was too controversial, said some weird things on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, well, he did stab uh, Plumpy, which was pretty hard for him in the test. Yeah. yeah. Well, once again, um, hard to follow. I'm sitting to the left of Devin Middleton, a.k.a. Devoner Status, a.k.a. Uh-huh. That Bitch. Um, but I will be playing Hansel and critically acclaimed nominee... Pirate number one and Oscar nominated night number two. Nope, number one. Yes. We're writing yeah. the movie. Don't, don't <laughs> <laughs> These scripts um, are so long, you guys. <laughs> um, and my name is Sierra Kenyon, and I will be playing Gretel. But and not only will I be playing Pirate two, but also Night two. Well. Hello, hello. Uh, Nick Olson here. Gonna be playing some Lord Licorice and <laughs> Villager One. Yes. Oh, yes. Hello, it's me, Liz Getty. I will be playing Plumpy and Pirate Three and Night Three. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Our spooky guy. It's too spooky. Yeah, it's, it's getting much. pretty spooky. Yeah, this yeah d- the this rating's movie. going up by one degree. It's, uh, now we're, yeah. we're People love a good spook. <laughs> this movie yourself. takes a drastic turn in the third act to be a horror film. A lot of <laughs> <laughs> what, what would happen if I did just brutally murder everybody? Uh, I introduced a serial serial killer. Bobby is the serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> is a serial killer. I smell a sequel. Oh. <laughs> Oh no! What have we done? Well, we've uh, we've already planned. We've already mapped out the sequel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, I think we've read our cast. Are we ready to begin, everyone? Let's go yes. for it. Let's run. Okay. Well, the first script uh, was written by me, so I'm going to take it away. <laughs> Here I go. Uh, <clears throat> Interior: Grandma Nuts Hut. Day. Gretel, here, age seven, a little girl with a dirty face wearing a gingham dress, opens her eyes and sees she is sitting in a large iron cage. As she takes in her surroundings, an expression of fear comes over her face, and she looks uh, next to her, where her twin brother Hansel is slumped in another cage. She looks around the room outside the cage and sees the interior of a lovely country cottage. Flowers hanging from the rafters, meat roasting over a fire, a tea set on a wooden table. The door opens wide, and outside we briefly can see a 1940s-era pickup truck parked outside an old red barn before an old woman, Grandma Nut, appears 70s but ageless, a mysterious entity of great evil, steps inside holding a basket of eggs. She sets down the basket on the wooden table before addressing Gretel in the cage. Well, good morning, sunshine. Who are you? Your grandmother, sweetie pie. You call me Grandma Nut. I don't call you shit, lady. Oh, honey, so rude. I was just making lunch for you and your brother. But maybe you're not hungry. 
Grandma Nut sits down at the table, turning her chair toward the cage. She stares ominously at Gretel in the cage. After a moment, she bangs her hand on the table roughly. Hansel, seven, dressed in farm boy overalls, his hair cut in a terrible little bowl cut, <laughs> stirs in his cage and wakes, looking around in panic. Gretel! What is going- Hello, sweetie! Sorry for the cage, I know it's uncomfortable. Hansel looks to Gretel, who gives him a look of grim acceptance. Don't worry, you don't have to stay in the cages. Grandma Nut smiles again as she takes the teapot and fills a cup for herself. She takes a small silver spoon and scoops a heaping spoonful of sugar from a small bowl and stirs it into her tea. She taps the spoon on the side of the cup and suddenly things begin to change. There's a noticeable shift in the texture of the items around her. The wooden table turning to graham cracker, the meat on the fire morphing into a large browning marshmallow. She puts the spoon in her mouth, crunching down and chewing it thoughtfully before taking a sip of her tea. Hansel and Gretel, will, Hansel and Gretel understandably, look horrified. Did you just eat a spoon? Well, I don't always. Otherwise, I'd constantly have to buy more spoons. <laughs> but that one was particularly delicious, and I felt as though I deserved a treat. Grandma Nut takes a small case that looks like one of those horrible heart, strawberry hard candies old people love and opens it, taking out a candy cigarette and bringing it to her lips. She exhales a puff of glittering powdered sugar into the air, which slowly settles down over the table. She brushes some off of her sleeve and looks at the children patiently, sipping her tea. So, who are you again? Your grandmother, Grandma Nut. <laughs> Granny, g Grammy, Gram Gram, or whatever. Your choice, really. You're not our grandmother. Her name is... Uh... Grandma Nut looks at him expectantly and honestly pretty annoyed. Look, Hansel, right? Here I'm your grandmother, okay? Here? Candyland, my dear. Welcome to Candyland, where everything is made of candy. From the basket of eggs, Grandma Nut takes one egg and begins to peel off its shell. On the surface, the (laughs) shell looks like an ordinary egg, but as she pulls back the shell, it's golden foil underneath, wrapped around a chocolate egg. She cracks the egg against the side of the table and pours a blob of gooey white and yellow cream onto the table. The cream shudders for a second before taking shape into a creature that resembles a small, sticky rabbit. Grandma Nut gently scoops up the creature and puts it on the floor. It stickily hops toward the slightly ajar door and outside. Moments later, there's a low growl, a high-pitched shriek cut short, and then some, the sound of something, or things, growling and tearing something apart. But other than that, it's really not that different than what you're used to, is it? Hansel looks at the door, scared at the horrible sounds, but Gretel narrows her eyes angrily at the old woman. Everything is made of candy? Yes, dear. Everything. Gretel kicks out her foot and smashes out portions of the chocolate bars of the cage. They fall to the floor and shatter into chocolate chunks. Then what's stopping me from getting out of here and eating you up? Grandma Nut smiles evilly at her. I don't think you have the appetite. Hansel excitedly snaps off a bar and begins to eat it. (laughs) Ah! Gretel! It's really chocolate! Grandma Nut looks at Hansel annoyed. She stands taking an apron from near the fire and putting it on. Don't fill up on cage, little boy. Lunch will be ready as soon. 
Uh, as Grandma Nut prepares the, uh, the large marshmallow, turning the spit, shaking on some sprinkles from a nearby jar, Gretel kicks more bars out of the cage, hopping down and going over to help Hansel escape too. They creep cautiously toward the door. Grandma Nut turns toward them, her hand on her hip, a big carving knife in her free hand. She gestures toward them with the knife. And if you step out that door, I'm locking it behind you. If you want you to see how long two stupid little children last in the brittle wasteland, go on. Glaring at her, Gretel pushes the door closed. What do you want? <laughs> I want what all grandmothers want, little girl. I want my grandchildren to grow up big and strong. Are we going to live here with you forever? Grandma Nut has already turned back to her cooking. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but we can have as much candy as we want? Yes, yes, as much as you can stand. Hansel looks at Gretel as if to say, well, I guess this beats being poor. Grandma Nut turns back to the table with two bowls in her hands, setting them down on the table and waving over the kids from the door. But trust me, when all you have to eat is sweets, sweetness loses all meaning. She sits down at the table expectantly as Hansel and Gretel finally come over and sit in their chairs. The bowls in front of them are full of warm liquid chocolate, a large slice of roasted marshmallow resting on top. And what's in this for you? <laughs> oh, I can tell you and I are going to butt heads, little girl. I suppose I just get the pleasure of your company, sweetie. <laughs> now, do you like games? Gretel looks across the table at Grandma Nut as she continues talking, but the sound of her voice fades. Gretel's eyes begin to tear up as she cl and she closes them, not wanting this horrible woman to see her cry. Interior, Grandma Nut's hut, day. Gretel, present day, opens her eyes and looks up into the gingerbread rafters of Grandma Nut's hut. As always, there's branches and bundles of various candy plants hanging to dry, and something cooking on the open fire of the hearth. Gretel sits up quickly, remembering where she is and what has happened. Hansel! When she sits up, she sees that Grandma Nut is sitting on the edge of the bed. Oh, good. You're alive. Gretel's eyes fill a uh, burn with rage. I'm going to fucking kill you! Gretel looks over and Hansel and Lord Licorice are sitting on the, at the wooden table. In a nearby rocking chair, Plumpy is wrapped in blankets and warming by the fire. His skin is returned to its natural green hue and he's softly snoring. Gretel stands up angrily, but with nowhere really to go, she just stands up awkwardly on the bed. You tried to kill us! Oh, I've tried to kill you so many times, little girl. It doesn't count if I don't actually kill you. Yes, yes, it does. It still counts. <laughs> Will you please get off my furniture? You're huge. <laughs> You're such a mean thing to say. You're huge. She's bad. <laughs> You're going to break it. I'm 23. I'm supposed to be this size. Of course, Gretel, of course. Jesus. Gretel positions herself like she's about to kick right at Grandma's nuts head as Lord Licorice intervenes. Could we not fight right now? She's cured Plumpy, and he needs his rest. I don't really want to fight. I just had to ride through a forest of peanut wolves, and I don't know what. She, he gestures to Hansel, Gretel, and Grandma Nut. The family dynamic here, but it seems like maybe we should just rest up and leave. Grandma Nut raised us, Lee. 
He shoves a big spoonful of something chocolatey into his mouth. She's a terrible grandmother, man. You ungrateful little shit. I took care of you. I taught you, fed you, and all you have to say are these terrible things about me. (laughs) He's being too nice. Nut, I think you're a... Hey, everyone stop. Plumpy needs his rest. Grandma Nut hasn't taken her eyes off the still-standing Gretel, but sighs. <sighs> Why don't I fix us some sweet tea and we'll sit on the porch for a spell? Exterior Grandma Nut's hut, evening. The sun is beginning to set over the forest of the massive peanut plants. They look like trees, but I just wanted to call them plants at least once, so it wouldn't sound like we don't know what peanut where peanuts come from. <laughs> the ground underneath them is pushed up in small hills from the bulk of their crop below. Grandma Nut and Hansel rock in rocking chairs while Gretel and Lord Licorice lean against the posts of the porch. A pack of peanut wolves, large dog-like creatures with smooth brown coats and mouths crammed full of sharp peanut brittle teeth, runs by, playing and chasing each other in the light of the sunset. If it wasn't so spooky out here in the waste, it would almost seem picturesque. Skippy still alive? No, I buried him years ago. Hansel leans forward to look at Lord Licorice. That was my dog. Grandma Nut stops rocking. Your dog? You left. He was my dog. Hansel leans back in the chair sadly. Lord Licorice scowls. I'm sorry, but is there a reason for the tone you keep taking with them? From what I've heard, you were their jailer, not their mother. Oh, was that what they told you? Yes, and it's not the only story I've heard about the bitter, brittle woman of the wasteland. <laughs> Get her ass. There's a stony silence, and Lord Licorice can't help uh, but notice that the pack of running wolves has stopped, all staring at the figures on the porch, baring their jagged teeth. He looks back to Grandma Nut, who's smiling wickedly. And I've heard the stories about the scared little Lord of Licorice City. As Gretel said, I'm not a child anymore. A grandmother always remembers how you were. A fussy little brat, an arrogant boy who failed to save his own mind. His hand goes instinctively for his whip. Uh, Hansel stands between them. No! Lee, just cool down, okay? This is what she does, like, all the time. She wants to make you feel like shit because she thinks it's funny. Grandma Nut grins, a satisfied look on her face. You know, part of me wondered if we'd make it back here and we'd see you really were as scary as I thought you were. I really hoped you were a monster. The grin fades from her face. But you're not. You're just a cruel old woman who only loves herself. You're just a bummer, Grandma. She leans forward, uh, 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 gripping the armrest. Uh, One of her fingernails carves a deep scratch into the gingerbread wood. I could tear the meat from your bones, little boy. Hansel goes over to his sister and Lord Licorice. See, you were right. Too much candy and the sweetness means nothing. Guess that's true for anything. Come on, let's get plumpy and leave. If we stay here any longer, she's just going to try to do something horrible to us. Hansel walks uh, off into the hut and Lord Licorice follows. Gretel looks at Grandma Nut, who actually looks a little hurt and is trying her best to avoid Gretel's eyes, instead looking out across her yard toward the tree line. Gretel turns and goes inside. Interior, Grandma Nut's hut. Hansel enters the hut and, with the others close behind him and sees that Grandma Nut is sitting at the wooden table, puffing away on one of her candy cigarettes. I believe there's still my fee to discuss. Gretel looks at Lord Licorice angrily. What did you promise her? Nothing. You told me you'd help Plumpy. 
that you knew him. It's only because I knew Sweet Plumpy that I agreed to help you at all. But my services are not free. Oh, what do you want? I want to make you feel like shit. Because I think it's funny. We don't have time for this. Let's leave. You barely made it to my front door when I allowed you to approach. Do you really think you could escape? <laughs> Do you think I've ever let you escape without allowing it? Gretel's eyes fill with rage again, but Hansel stops her from saying or doing anything by stepping forward to make an offer. What if I stayed here? Worked up the debt? Why would I want you? Someone to eat my food and sneak my cigarettes? I dealt with your sticky little fingers for years, little boy. I knew in a deal for two, one would be a dud. Hansel looks down, hurt by her words despite his best effort. What about our guide stone? Take it! We need to find Princess Lolly. We'll find her. We need that. Yeah. We need that to find Princess Lolly. We'll find our way. I've no doubt you will, thanks to me and how I raised you. And therefore, I have no need for the stone. What about this? From his belt, Lord Licorice draws the ornate red dagger he carries. The crimson blade glints in the light of the fire, its hilt a beautiful twist of braided licorice. Grandma Nut can't take her eyes off of it. Your mother's blade? She considers this for a moment, looking from his hands to his face. Ah, but then you get to feel like the hero for giving me this. That's cheating, don't you think? I want the dagger, and I want the song, too. Lord Licorice's uh, look of sincere determination falls as a worried expression overtakes his face. You can do that? If it's given freely, I can take anything as payment. The life of your friends for a blade and a song. Sounds like a deal to me. I can hear the breaking of your black heart from here, and it's the most beautiful sound I've ever heard. Lord Licorice looks to Hansel and Gretel, his expression pained, confused, hurt. He turns back to face Grandma Nut as a single tear drops down his deep purple face as he begins to sing. Again, you do not have to do this, Nick. I can do it if you'd like <laughs> me Nick, to. Nick, go the fuck off. <clears throat> oh, the blade of the red licorice lady. Let's go. Protector of endless dark. Parry away, parry away, parry away, save the day. That's right. May you never miss your mark. From the edge of salted sea to the deepest sugar mine. Swing away, swing away, swing away, save the day. Hope bound in red and black vine. Damn, that was really good. That's exactly what I imagined too. Where'd go? Uh, but however, with a wave of Grandma Nut's hand, Lord Licorice stops singing, standing there, stunned by the feeling that he can no longer remember the words to his mother's song. He sets the dagger down on the table. That's fucked. That's very sad. Let's go. He turns and scoops up Plumpy, who's not as light as Lord Licorice might have gotten. <laughs> he awkwardly pushes past Hansel and Gretel to the door. Grandma Nut smiles at Gretel and Hansel, a satisfied look on her face. Goodbye for now, my dears. I'll never forgive you for that. 
Oh, you were planning to before? Pretty fucked up, Grandma. Hush, little boy. You both are such ungrateful little children. Even now. I helped that man just now. I took a weight from around his neck. There's no room for sentimentality in this game, children. Now go. You're paid in full. And when will you have to pay? Grandma Nut gives Gretel a hard stare. I expect one day you'll make me, but not today. Gretel turns to go and Hansel follows her out. Exterior, Grandma Nut's hot evening. The sun is now barely visible over the lines of the trees as Gretel and Hansel emerge from the hut. Peanut wolves, like a really large number of them, line the path leading the way away from the hut, snarling and growling at them as they walk, but never coming any closer. With one gummy bear lost, Gretel rides with Pumpy slumped over the back of her bear, while Lord Licorice rides with Hansel holding on behind him. As they go, peanut wolves follow, flanking them in huge packs as they go forward. Pumpy stirs in the back of Gretel's bear. Oh, I had the worst dream, Gretel. I dreamt poor Plumpy died. Not today, Plumpy. The wolves break away from their escort and Gretel turns back to see that the hut and the wolves are gone. A silent, empty clearing is all that's behind them. Not today. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. so good. Grandma uh, Nut rocks! Gra- grandma Nut reminds me of my grandmother. Fuck! <laughs> yeah, I'm was, so sorry. I was drawing a lot uh, uh, from uh, the cruel old woman and women in my life, too. <laughs> I was like, this is relatable, I swear to God. <laughs> Sarah quits, yeah. And now for our next script, uh... <laughs> And now for our next script by our own Spencer Blair. Take it away. <laughs> I'm going to take it away. Thanks, Herbert. Exterior, the lollipop woods, morning, montage. We see wide aerial shots of our heroes passing through the lollipop woods. From above, the woods look almost as if they were brightly colored balloons held in place. But at eye level, you can see their great white trunks glowing, uh, growing straight out of the ground with branches ending in candy bulbs of various sizes and colors. Sunlight shines through them, leaving a stained glass effect on the ground beneath. Editor's note, how fun would it be to take acid in Candyland? (laughs) Exterior, the road, day, continuous. Plumpy hums and skips ahead of the group on the road as Hansel, Gretel, and Licorice walk behind. Plumpy waves at the peeps landing amongst the 15-foot-tall lollipop trees and smiles at the chocolate bunnies burrowing beneath them. Hansel consults the guide stones around his neck, which just beckon them forward, while Licorice and Gretel walk behind. Licorice picks up a chocolate rock and tosses it into the lush lollipop forest that surrounds them. Hansel, Gretel, and Licorice all catch up to Plumpy, who is waiting at a fork in the road. He is hopping and humming and generally having a great time. There's a sign pointing in the direction of both roads. The road heading north is labeled Candy Castle, and the road continuing east is labeled Chateau Chateau Sucre. Licorice, Gretel, and Plumpy immediately start heading towards the Candy Castle, but Hansel stops. Well, what are you waiting for, chum? Tally-ho! We're not supposed to go that way. What do you mean? Plumpy gestures to the sign. The sign says this way to Candy Castle. That's where we're going, so that's where we're headed. Hansel looks at the guide stones, then towards his friends, then towards Chateau Sucre. That's not what the guide stones say. They're pointing us this way. Licorice and Gretel look at him confused. Plumpy marches over to him. What? Let us be broken again. Give up here. Plumpy holds out his hand and Hansel gingerly hands him the guide stones. Plumpy plump... 
Plopple ploop ploop plop. Plumpy pops the back open, fiddles around with the inner workings for a minute, then snaps it shut and hands it back to Hansel. Good as new. Now let's get going. Plumpy spins on his heel and starts heading towards Licorice and Gretel, who have already turned to go on their way. Hansel looks at the guidestones flummoxed. Um, that's the wrong way. Gretel, Licorice, and Plumpy all turn around. Gretel and Licorice slowly make their way to Hansel, while Plumpy stomps over again, holding his hand out. Okay, hand him over. Hansel hands them to Plumpy, who immediately starts bashing them with his hands. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, Plumpy, cut it out! Plumpy violently shakes the guidestones. We're supposed to go to the castle, so let us go to the castle! Hansel tries to grab the guidestones back, but Plumpy holds on to them. Hansel jumps on top of them, trying to wrestle them away, and while they're fighting, Gretel runs up and snatches them away. Hey! Hey! Gretel studies the guidestones, looking down each path. Hansel and Plumpy start to untangle and stand back up. Plumpy pushes Hansel over one last time. <laughs> Licker stands on the path to the castle. We have to go this way. That's what the stones say. Forget what the stones say. The castle is due north. If we just leave the path, we can go through the woods and get there so much quicker. At leave the path, Hansel, Gretel, and Plumpy look at each other. Oh, I I don't think we should leave the path. Agreed. But the castle. The guidestones must be trying to tell us something. There must be something at Chateau Sucre that we need. But what's at Chateau Sucre? Nothing. Well, there's gotta be something. There was something, but it's gone now. What is it? Princess Lolly. That's where she lived. Gretel holds up the guidestones. We have to go where the guidestones tell us. Everyone stops for a moment. Licorice stares ahead, steel in his gaze. He grips her where he kept his mother's blade, but finds nothing. So Licorice sad. inhales deeply, looks to his companions, and starts down the road to Chateau Sucre. They hesitantly follow. Cut to exterior. Ex- exterior. <laughs> exterior. Favorite Ooh, I am exterior. <laughs> I have all of the powers of outside. I'm going to take us out of a scene right now. <laughs> exterior. Chateau Sucre. Afternoon. The road leads to a wrought licorice gate that is propped open on its hinges, presenting Chateau Sucre. Chateau Sucre is as beautiful as it is sweet. The walls are built of rock candy fashioned into bricks placed in a repeating rainbow pattern. The bricks at the bottom are darker shade of each color, and as you go up, they become lighter to the point where you can't tell where the walls end and the sky begins. The inner structure seems to swirl in on itself, leading to a pointed tower at the top, seemingly topped with a dollop of whipped cream. Behind, the shimmering sprite sea glimmers in the sunlight. At the foot of the castle is a maze of beautiful gardens. Neatly manicured cotton candy bushes of pink, light blue, and light green. Pathways... uh... There it is. Neatly manicured cotton candy bushes of pink, light blue, and light green line pathways cobbled with dark chocolate bricks. Ordered lollipop trees cast their colorful shadows over the gently bubbling soda fountains. Hansel, Gretel, and Plumpy all stand in awe of the sight before them. Licorice continues marching forward to the main door of the chateau. After admiring the view, everyone follows him as he throws the door open. Plumpy nabs some candy off a bush and chews it as they enter. Interior, Chateau Sucre, continuous. Colorful light streams into the grand entrance from the stained sugar windows depicting scenes of heroism, villainy, and love. The beams of light catch dust motes floating through the air. What must normally feel like a room full of energy and joy feels cold and quiet. 
Licorice stands in the room, eyes squinting, either due to darkness or suspicion. His hand rests on his whip. Anybody home? Gretel and Hansel look shocked at Plumpy. Licorice pays no mind. After several moments of tense, silent, hi, tense silence, high-pitched whispering is heard. Licorice readies his whip. Hansel and Gretel tense for battle, and Plumpy continues chewing on his candy. The whispering gets a little louder, like arguing, but can't be understood. Then as soon as it started, goes silent. Suddenly, a figure is pushed into the open. The figure is about two feet tall, a light orange color, and covered in sugary crystals. It quickly looks back to where it was pushed, then to Licorice. The little figure shakes as it approaches Licorice. He waits for a moment, then begins to put away his whip. The figure approaches slowly until it is right in front of Licorice. He stoops down to look it in the eye, reaches his hands out, and it climbs into his arms. As he lifts it in an embrace, and dozens, uh, as he lifts it in an embrace, dozens of these figures, all colors of the rainbow, run out to see for themselves. Hansel and Gretel stand tense, and Plumpy stands behind Gretel, quaking. Waves of the colorful, sugary creatures run out to Licorice, who is quickly enveloped and then covered with them. They pile on top of him, completely obscuring him from view in a pulsating mass. Then the creatures start coming towards Hansel, Gretel, and Plumpy. They try to fight them off, but they're coming from behind as well, and there are now hundreds of them. They grab our heroes and hold on to them, quickly covering them as well as they scream for their lives. After a moment, Licorice is lifted to the top of his pile. Hansel and Gretel and Plumpy are similarly lifted, but they are screaming. Hansel and Gretel notice how calm Licorice seems to be, but Plumpy continues screaming. The creatures are now streaming back out of the room in droves. Within 30 seconds, all of them have left, except the orange one that approached Licorice. Plumpy continues screaming, eyes closed, hands up. Hansel nudges Plumpy, who opens his eyes and stops screaming. Ah! Oh! Licorice, what's going on? Yeah, who are these guys? <clears throat> these, my friends, are the steward... <laughs> <laughs> Again. <laughs> what an excellent line reading. Do not change anything. <laughs> it was a choice. That's what we want. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. These, my friends, are the stewards of Chateau Sucre, the children of the Sour Patch. They can be a little sour at first, but I assure you, they are sweet. They're here to protect and serve the Denzi... Den- Wait, hold on. Denizens? Denizens. Denizens. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. They are sweet. They are here to protect and serve the denizens of the castle, and will do you no harm. Well, yeah, I could have said that before. Licorice once again pays no mind. He is stooped down and listening to the orange sour patch kid. It speaks in a nonsensical language, but Licorice nods his head in understanding. He turns to his companions. He says that the castle has been empty for weeks and that the brigands have been sieging the chateau for some time now. Really? Things seem fine. At this, we hear a loud explosion from outside. Everyone buckles for impact as a giant white ball crashes through one of the windows, smashing into the ground. The Sour Patch Kids start running around again, just a mess of screaming that is as cute as it is chaotic. Plumpy, Hansel, and Gretel hide behind a large candy pillar. On the other side of the room, Licorice also ducks behind a pillar. The Sour Patch Kids run around the white ball, screaming. Suddenly, the ball begins to crack, and as it break o- breaks open, we see a large, muscular humanoid made with... W- uh... Yeah. Suddenly, the ball begins to crack, and as it breaks open, we see a large, muscular humanoid with white, powdery skin wearing the pieces of the ball as armor on his arms, legs, back like a turtle shell, and head like a helmet. As he stands, he bellows at the Sour Patch Kids, brandishing a shining... So- I knew this was going to be so tough to say. <laughs> shining sugar sword... 
Several of them just fall on the ground fainting, uh, but the rest just keep running in circles screaming as we hear two more blasts from outside. Two more of the balls crash into the room and begin to reveal the men inside. Each of them has a large white jawbreaker in their mouth that they are constantly sucking on. The Pirates of Jawbreakersburg! Editor's note, to really get the jawbreaker sound in your voice, I suggest making a hook out of your index finger, putting it into your mouth, and holding your cheek! I also imagine they have terrible Cockney pirate accents. in the sucker! They all look at each other for a moment, then they burst out laughing. Once they've had a good chuckle, they begin smashing things. Licorice jumps out from his hiding place, brandishing his whip. Stop, evildoers. You'll not pillage the Chateau Sucre today. Everyone stops and looks at him, even the Sour Patch Kids. Then the pirates burst out laughing again. (laughs) (laughs) What are you going to do with that? Take us, turn off! The pirates resume laughing. Licorice pulls back and whips Pirate One, who manages to block it with the big white shield on his arm. As the whip cracks, so too does the top layer of his shield. It shatters on the ground, revealing a yellowish-white layer underneath. Pirate One scowls. So it's going to be like that, eh? Let's get them, boys! <laughs> the pirates chuckle to themselves as they lift their swords and encircle licorice. His whip keeps them away for a moment as he knocks pieces of their armor off, but there's always more underneath. They start getting closer to him, and we hear more explosions from outside, and more jawbreakers land among them. The Sour Patch Kids run around screaming their little heads off. We cut to Licorice's view as we see Hansel, Gretel, and Plumpy being chased by pirates, several more running into the room we're in with valuable treasures, and the ever-closer pirates attacking Licorice. He turns his head to see all this, and then turns one last time, and we see Pirate One closer than ever. Peekaboo! Pirate One headbutts Licorice, and our view goes blurry and begins to darken. In his last few moments, we see Hansel and Gretel being tied up, and Plumpy being held up by the scruff of his neck, punching and kicking at his assailant in vain. As everything goes black, we can hear the screams of the Sour Patch Kid, but one unfamiliar voice yells out, Licorice! Cut to Exterior, the Wave Breaker, Day. As Licorice comes to, we see a brilliant blue sky over a sparkling white sea. Licorice looks down and sees that he is tied up with Licorice. He would chuckle if he weren't in danger. He looks to his right and sees Gretel and to his left, Hansel. He struggles against his bindings but can't budge. And that's when we hear the pirates singing their sea shanty. Uh, Throughout this, the pirates are doing pirate shit like swabbing the decks, adjusting the sails, and looking threatening. But they're also kind of goofy and keep bumping into each other, getting in fights, and one guy gets thrown overboard. Um, Okay, let me (laughs) remember. There it is. Bar your windows, bolt your doors, throw away the keys. No locks can stop the pirates of the Seven Soda Seas. The Seven Soda Seas. Hide your treasure, hide your gold, hide all the things we'll seize. We pirates will just loot it off to the Seven Soda Seas. The Seven Soda Seas. Yo ho, yo ho, we take whatever we please. Yo ho, yo ho, to the seven soda seas, the seven, the seven soda, soda seas. seas. During this next part, they set up a plank. One of the pirates throws a Swedish fish into the air, and a giant gummy shark jumps out of the water and catches it in his jaws. <laughs> if you value your small life, stand back from us and freeze. We take no prisoners with us to the seven soda seas, the seven, the seven soda, soda seas. seas. 
Yo ho, yo ho, we take whatever we please, but we will take no prisoners to the seven soda seas. The, the seven, seven soda, soda seas. seas. There's only one who orders us, to her we bend our knees, our fair and foul queen of the seven soda seas. The Seven Soda Seas. Enter Queen Frostine, the Jarl of Jawbreakersburg, the Queen of Candyland, and the Scourge of the Seven Soda Seas. She is decked out in full pirate queen regalia, a corset that is doing her two huge favors, a dark red dress with a slit down the side through which we can see one leg with fishnet stockings, stockings and sexy black boots, and atop her head a large fruit leather, yum, captain's hat. Her long ice blue hair flows elegantly behind her. She walks to licorice, brandishing a sword of pure sugar with an edge so sharp it is perfectly transparent but glimmers in the sunlight. Well, well, well. If it isn't the Lord of Licorice himself, what brought you to Chateau Sucre? I went because I was told to go. By whom? The king? She spits at the word king. The rest of the crew spits. Plumpy spits. <laughs> yeah. No, I came against his wishes. Well... Anything I do at this point is against his wishes, for he wishes me dead. That makes two of us. I come as protection for Hansel, Gretel, and Plumpy. We have been sent to save Princess Lolly. I was told you had already kidnapped the princess. Why should I believe you? Who told you? The Bonbon Bard. And you trust him? I trust no one. So, you believe me? More than the Bard. Then hear me when I say this. I love your daughter, and I would do anything to save her life. Her daughter? Wait, you're Queen Frostine? But I thought you went missing. I did, but it looks like you found me. I knew you weren't gone. You're too clever for that. I returned to my people. My father, the Jarl of Jawbreakersburg, gave me away to King Candy as a token of their newfound alliance against Chocoland. But from that moment, I'm from. But from the moment I met him, I knew he had a nefarious nougat core. As the war began to close, King Candy sent my father and his men into what he knew was an ambush. My father died that day, surrounded by his men, and King Candy took over. After the war, I played my part as the queen, and at my first chance, I stole myself away from my revenge to free my people and wreak havoc on the king. When I heard that Lally had gone missing, I assumed he had something to do with it. So I plundered the castle he kept her in, and now I plan to bring his castle crashing down on his head like an old gingerbread house. We believe that Princess Lally is in the castle with King Candy. We intend to rescue her. It seems we're at an impasse. As I said, I intend to destroy the castle. Let us go in first and try to save Lolly. If we fail, destroy the castle with us inside. What? Absolutely not. You'll raise his guards. We'll lose the element of surprise. Give us a chance. That's all I ask. The four of us will sneak in, save the princess, and leave King Candy to you. If I can't save her, then I would be honored to die by her side. I promise. Frostine studies Licorice to see if she believes him. Her lip curls as she inhales deeply. She raises her sword slowly above Licorice's head and brings it down in a fell swoop, cutting their bindings. You won't get too far if you take the front door. I have a better idea. Cut to montage! Getting to the Candy Castle! Mm -hmm. 
This montage is like one of those Ocean's Eleven heist things where we see things happening as Frostine is describing it, so just bear with me here. You'll disembark on the northern shores by the Candy Castle. There are a few villages there as the main road approaches from the south. There's a road that leads to the castle nestled amongst some old gingerbread trees, but be careful. The castle occupies the lands of Gloppy the Vicious, a foul oh, molasses it's, creep. it's uh, Gloppy the Viscous. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Although he is pretty vicious, too. Yeah. <laughs> the castle occupies the lands of Gloppy the Viscous, a foul molasses creature that ensnares anything that gets too close. Before you arrive at the castle, you'll have to cross the moat, Gloppy's lair. If you so much as touch the molasses moat, he will draw you into his embrace forever. How are we supposed to cross without a drawbridge? While I cannot join you on your quest, I can give you two items that will help you on your way. The first is a round peppermint, given to me by Mr. Mint. He was to be my betrothed before King Candy took control and twisted him to his will. The second is the key, which will open a secret door to the back gate that will gain you entrance to the castle. Thank you, Frostine. We'll save your daughter. And if you could try not to bombard us with jawbreakers, we'd appreciate it. I'll give you till nightfall. After that, I take my revenge. Good luck. May the confectioner be with us. Exterior, the molasses moat, afternoon. Our four heroes emerge from a patch of gingerbread trees like plumpies, but sagging under the weight of thick, dripping molasses. They approach the moat, which glistens in the sunlight, occasionally letting up little bubbles that loudly pop. This is the moat. Hand me the peppermint. Gretel hands Licorice a peppermint, about the size of a dinner plate. He licks it, then shivers. He passes it to everyone else who does the same, though Plumpy eyes it before licking. Here goes nothing. She steps onto the molasses. As soon as her foot comes into contact with the molasses, it freezes. She takes another step and begins walking across. Hansel, Hansel, Licorice, and Plumpy follow. About halfway across, the molasses starts to move on its own. A large bulge starts protruding from its surface, which develops a mouth, two yellow eyes, and dripping hands. Gloppy the Viscous has arrived. Who dares step upon me and not give themselves unto me? Shit, we gotta go! The four start sprinting across as Gloppy throws his arms at them. They disconnect and fly towards them, trying to ensnare them in his trap. An arm clutches Hansel and falls. Uh, an arm clutches Hansel and he falls. The floor... Uh, yeah. An arm catches Hansel and he falls, the floor and the arm freezing upon his impact. Plumpy and Gretel drag him to the shore. Licorice tries to get Gloppy's attention. Over here, you sinister syrup! Gloppy turns to face him and starts rushing. Licorice dodges or whips his projectiles away as he gets closer. Finally, Gloppy is upon Licorice. He rises up, laughing. <laughs> the Lord of Licorice. What a fine addition you will make to my collection. Gloppy throws himself upon Licorice, swallowing him whole. Gloppy turns his gaze to the other gaze to the other three and begins advancing. Then suddenly stops. He starts frantically grabbing at himself as he as frost begins to take hold over his whole body, making him hard and brittle. In a last ditch effort, he throws himself at our heroes, but freezes completely as he approaches. Plumpy, Hansel, and Gretel stare in amazement as Gloppy suddenly explodes in a shower of frozen molasses and licorice dives over them to the wall. Licorice stands, looking cool as hell. <laughs> Looks like he really needed to. Chill out. What? Seriously, man? What? That's a good line. 
let's just get inside and save the princess. Plumpy pulls out the key and places it in a notch they knew to look for, and the door opens before <laughs> them. <laughs> All right, and for our last script of the evening, as well as the last script in Candyland, the emotion picture, we hand it over to Laura. Take it away. Thank you, Spencer. And I'm proud to present the longest script I've ever written for Please Make This Episode. <laughs> uh, an author's note, I also wrote them entering uh, the molasses for, for King's Candy's Castle with the key, so... We'll just, we're gonna, we're gonna run with it. It's only like a little bit. All right. Exterior, Candy Castle, the tallest tower, continuous day. Through binoculars, we see that the group of four is heading into a cylindrical brick opening a little ways away from the castle. My liege, they're headed through Queen Frostine's secret passage. We now cut to the Bon Bon Bard and King Candy, standing on the highest point of the extravagant candy castle made of rigid sugar and waffle cone walls with beautifully colored ice cream tops that can't be melted. King Candy, a large and seemingly friendly-looking man, wears a fancy yellow ice cream hat and brightly colored clothing. His cloak blows in the wind. Excellent. I knew she'd unintentionally direct people here someday. <laughs> Shall we lift the doors in the secret passage so the molasses stops them from entering the castle, and then we capture them from there? No, no, no. Let's have some fun. Bon Bon Bart smirks and starts with a low hum, preparing for yet another one of his songs. And so our hero twins have fallen into the trap that I have set. With the patches they will crawl in, and will meet their untimely death. Ooh. Fuck yeah. yeah. Let's get to the lines. Let's yeah. get to the lines. <laughs> Shut up, bard. <laughs> Signal the waffle cone soldiers. Line the castle. No one is taking Princess Lolly out of here, and I want licorice dead. Right away, sir. Bon Bon Bard walks off quickly, and King Candy looks out over the Candy Castle Tower, laughing maniacally. Cut to exterior Candy Castle, secret back entrance day. Gretel, Hansel, Lord Licorice, and Plumpy exit through the cylindrical yellow brick opening that leads them to a thick brown molasses wall that's at least ten feet high. At least. The molasses moves fluidly and stays completely still, as if there's an invisible barrier keeping all the sugary sweet goop in place. Plumpy reaches out and touches the ooey-gooey wall. He pulls his hand back and a stick of molasses comes back with him. Holy hell! This shit's magic! Magic molasses wall. Hansel and Gretel do the same thing as Plumpy. Um, molasses sticks to their hands now, too. Plumpy starts licking his hand. You know, molt molasses just hits differently. Am I right, Lord Licorice? <laughs> Ew, this doesn't taste good at all. Lord Licorice rolls his eyes. Do I yet again have to remind you all that my betrothed is mere steps away from us and we're just sitting here outside eating molasses? Perhaps a way to be captured at any moment? Jeez, calm down, LL. Basically, Thank you. Yeah. Jeez, calm down, LL. We're basically in there. Before we put our lives on the line, yet again, we might as well have some treats. Yeah, do you really think we want brown slop as our final treat before we maybe die? <laughs> oh, I'm just so excited that we got to finish this adventure as friends, as a team. 
I actually do. I, I do have something I'd like to read for the occasion. Oh my god. Humpy digs into a small purple pack and pulls out some brightly colored note cards. He starts to clear his throat when Gretel takes over. Okay, okay, okay. Lord Licorice is right. Let's get in there and get this show on the road. Thank you. Gretel digs into her pocket and pulls out a frosty ice blue key. It shines brightly as it gets closer and closer to the molasses wall. As the key gets even closer to the wall, the molasses starts to separate, revealing a keyhole. Everyone watches in silence as the two huge white and gold eyes open above the keyhole, looking down at them and begins to speak in a slow, deep, booming voice that faintly sounds like it's almost underwater. Kind of like molasses, get it? Queen Frostine, is that you? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Happy to have you back. (laughs) Lord Licorice grips his sword and Plumpy jumps from one foot to another excitedly as the big eyes close and fade into the molasses wall yet again. A perfectly clean line appears and the molasses wall slowly starts to split open, like really slowly. They'll wait (laughs) and wait some more. And keep waiting, as this entryway is taking an absurdly long time to open before them. You've got to be kidding me. And finally, the entryway is fully open. A pitch black entryway sits in front of them. Alright everyone, let's get in there. They all nod to each other and barrel into the darkness. Interior, Candy Castle, Secret Passage, same. The passage is dimly lit and lined with red hard candy bricks. As they continue walking, they see a series of hallways splitting off in many directions. For lack of a better phrasing, this layout is extremely confusing. (laughs) This place looks massive and extremely foreboding. How the hell are we going to find where Lolly is? I guess we take one passage and see where it takes us? No, we need to split up. Look at the tops of the entryways. Lord Licorice points above each dark entrance in the walls, and we see various labels like Northeast Wing and the Tall Candy Cower, King's Quarter, Candy Squash Courts, etc. <laughs> the signs can tell us where to go. Lord Licorice's eyes lock on a sign that reads the Princess <laughs> Parlor. I'm going for Lolly. You go for King Candy. No way. I am not splitting up in this spooky candy basement thing. Hansel's right. We're all going for Lolly. We can cover more ground if we split up. To the princess! Plumpy takes off down the candy hallway, and they all jog after him. Interior, the princess parlor, same. Uh, The winding underground candy hallways takes them up and around, and through a series of stairs, the scenery changes as they are no longer underground and fully inside the castle, until they eventually reach a bright butterscotch door at the very top of a staircase. They all stop at the top. Lord Licorice grips the door and takes a deep breath. Well, on with it, Licorice. Okay, I'm sorry. I was pausing for dramatic effect. Please, we don't need any more drama. Lord Licorice sighs and opens the door. The room, which we now can very well tell, is at the very top of a tower with windows all around, is brightly lit and decorated in bright pinks and yellows. Princess Lolly, a picture-perfect and very beautiful princess with her bright pink skin and long flowing hair, sits at the desk in the middle of the room looking completely normal. (laughs) Lolly's head perks up as the loudness of the butterscotch door slams open. Lolly! Before Lolly can say anything, two big waffle cone knights with mint chocolate chest armor and bright pink strawberry swords swing around from the internal walls and block that door entry. Trespassers! Protect the princess at all costs! No! Don't hurt them! 
Princess Lolly goes to move, but we see that an ankle shackle keeps her from moving very far. <laughs> Gretel and Hansel grab, each grab their own swords, and Plumpy has a small red knife in his hand, courtesy of Lord Licorice. Uh, Lord Licorice quickly undoes his licorice whip and snaps it across the two guards. Both swords quickly fall to the ground. Both knights back into the room. The group all enter behind Lord Licorice and prepare themselves for battle and retrieve the, uh, the licorice. And, uh, ah, I'm so sorry. Both knights uh, retrieve their backup butter pecan swords from their belts. Well, 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 if it isn't Lord Licorice, heir to the Licorice City throne, we've been expecting... A sharp cracking sound tears into the knight's cone exterior. We pan back and see Gretel remove her sword from his chest, and the knight's ice cream interior oozes from his wound. Shut the fuck up! They all turn, <laughs> they all turn their attention to the remaining knight in the room. He swings his sword around and around, ready to fight all of them. <laughs> As he was saying, we've been expecting you, Lord Ow! The knight looks down and sees that Plumpy has shoved his red hand knife into his leg. <laughs> Look, I did it! I got one! The knight lets out an angry scream. He uses the palm of his hand to shove Plumpy, causing him to fly a few feet across the room. Plumpy lands with a hard thump. Don't you worry, everybody. I'm a-okay. The princess stays at Candy Castle under the king's orders. Our trespassers will be persecuted. Hansel takes his sword and swings at, at the knight. He just starts swinging a whole lot. The knight does his best to defend himself, but with each swing, Hansel starts shouting. Why do knights talk so much during battle? It's a terrible tactic, and it's stupid, and it's pointless. On the last word, Hansel's sword plummets into the waffle cone's knight's side, and he falls to the ground. Hansel removes his sword. Everyone stares at Hansel as he calms uh, and catches his own breath. Idiot! You can't fight properly if you're busy just announcing things. Hansel, yeah. calm down. I am calm! No, you're not. <laughs> We have Princess Lolly. Let's get her free and let's go now. Okay. Yeah. Lord Licorice goes over to Lolly and they embrace. I can't believe you found me here. I can't believe your dad kidnapped you. So you. <laughs> Sorry. More sarcastic, yeah. Uh. I can't. <laughs> I can't believe your dad kidnapped you. So you wouldn't. You know what? I can't believe your dad kidnapped you, so you wouldn't get married. Really original. I didn't ask to be a simple plot line, okay? Does anyone know how to get me out of this? Princess Lolly holds up her, sh uh, her ankle that brandishes the massive shackle. Say no more, Miss Princess Lolly. I used to undo locks all the time <laughs> in my courier days. Plumpy holds up his red knife and uses it to pick the lock. It comes off quickly and falls to the floor. Plumpy! I didn't know you knew how to pick locks. You would not believe the things I know how to do. Decoding secret codes, hold my breath for five minutes underwater, detect poison, suture adhesion, suture removal. Oh no, I'm sorry to interrupt, but we are running out of time. Princess Ali now stands at a window that overlooks the entire kingdom. Waffle Code Knights march across the drawbridge in formation. They know you're here! What? How? We took the secret entrance! No! Why would you do that? The secret entrance is lined with security cameras! How are we supposed to know that? Can't we just go back out the way we came? If we move really quickly? No! By now they've already flooded! 
I can use my whip as a pulley system. We could go out the window. There isn't enough time! Princess Ali grabs one of the mint chocolate swords on the ground and makes her way to the big pink double doors on the other side of the room. We'll have to go through the main hall. From there, we can go through the west ballroom, into the billiard room, take a left at the lounge. From there, there's another secret passage into the candy serpentary, and we should be able to use that exit. Onward! Oh, Laura, no. <laughs> of course Laura would. No, I thank they you for expanding this into the Clooniverse. You've done this. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> You're welcome, everybody. Uh, they all quickly exit you through the double doors. You got your chocolate in my peanut butter. You got your clue in my candy land. You got your lead pipe in my dome. <laughs> <laughs> Interior candy castle staying continuous. The twins, Plumpy, Lord Licorice, and Princess Lolly all quickly move down the winding stairs from the princess parlor. They exit into a large main hallway. It's empty. Hurry! They all pick up the pace a little more. Suddenly, the window they, windows they just passed that line the hallway are shattered. Waffle cone knights swing in from all sides. The group of five is quickly outnumbered. Shit! Lord Licorice, take Princess Lolly and run. We'll hold them back. I'm not leaving until King Candy is dead. Lolly, take Plumpy and get to safety. I'm staying, too. I'm staying, too. Well, okay, let's do this, then. Well, audience, get ready for a really big final battle scene. I want this to be violent and gory and insanely expensive. Like, while this whole movie is already going to cost so much money, I want people to be like, watch this being like, how did they still have that much money left over for this massive final (laughs) battle scene as knights are killed and the interior of the castle is left in ruins? Here we go. Everyone stands, prepped as the Waffle Cone Knights start coming towards them. Gretel and Hansel both hold two smaller swords in each of their hands. Lord Licorice has one hand on his Licorice Whip, and his other hand shuffles one of his many of uh, Licorice Throwing Stars from his belt. <laughs> Princess Lolly grips her mint chocolate sword a little tighter, and Plumpy, bless his small stature, punches the air a few times with his small red knife. Aww. The knights walk in unison before them. Hansel and Gretel both let out a raging scream and charge towards them. Gretel starts slaying Waffle Cone Knights two at a time as she swings both swords over her head and cascades them down, slicing across knights' bodies as she runs through them. Hansel takes position and waits for the knights to approach him. He uses one sword to block the attackers as a shield and uh, uses the other to forcefully thrust into knights' stomachs, instantly causing them to drop to the ground. Lord Licorice Whip's whip moves insanely fast as it cracks the group of knights, slashing their wrists and arms, causing them to drop their swords. Other Waffle Cone knights attempt to rush towards him, with which he grabs a Licorice Throwing Star from his belt and pelts it towards them. With each throw, he never misses. Princess Lolly, too, stands her ground. The sword is heavier than she's used to, but she plays defense for the rest, as the Waffle Cone guards really aren't allowed to hurt the castle's princess. And then there is Plumpy. He weaves in and out and round and fights uh, uh, the fights unfolding before him, doing exactly what he did to the other Waffle Cone Knight, strategically shoving his knife into the calves and thighs of the knights. He circles around before each knight uh, he hits can turn to see who or what has stabbed them. He has already disappeared onto the next stab. Despite the team's astounding efforts, the Waffle Cone Knights still outnumber them. Princess Lolly swings her sword up again. A Waffle Cone Knight hits it forcefully, causing it to cling-clang onto the ground. Uh, she takes a step back. 
Two other knights drop their swords and go to retrieve the princess. Hansel comes up behind them and slays them both. Here, use mine! Hansel hands Princess Lolly one of his swords. We move back over to Plumpy, who still uh, no one in this battle seems to be paying attention to. He is now crawling on the ground, feeling around for his small red knife. <laughs> Out of the corner of his eye, as he uh, still whips knights in his way, Lord Licorice sees him slowly crawling about. Plumpy, what are you doing? It appears I have dropped me knife. Uh, give me a second, I will find it. I know it is here somewhere. Plumpy! No! You lovable nitwit! Stay behind me. We'll find it later. Okay! Plumpy cheerily gets up and starts walking over to Lord Licorice and stands behind him. (laughs) We move over to Gretel. Uh, Waffle Knight swings his sword and slices her upper arm, not catastrophically, but enough for her to drop one of her swords. She screams in pain. She glares at the knight who sliced her. Kicks him in the chest. He falls to the ground. She stands over him and shoves her sword through his neck. Uh, she then grabs the Waffle Co. Knight standing closest to her and pins him against the wall. She holds her knife up to his neck. Where is King Candy? He says nothing. She knees him in the stomach. Where the fuck is King Candy? He's in the candy tower! Do I look like I know where that is? The knight, still <laughs> reading in pain, points over to the yellow staircase at the other end of the hallway. Thank you. She slits his throat with her sword and fights her way over to Hansel. The twins eventually stand back to back, each swinging and slicing and cutting and killing knights with their one remaining sword. King Candy is in the Candy Tower. Huh? Over that way! You two go. We'll hold them off. Lord Licorice, who now stands near Princess Lolly, who is also still fighting, uh, throws a star into the neck of the uh, person Gretel is fighting, causing him to plummet to the ground instantly. Plumpy bends over onto the ground and picks up his red knife. Ooh! Everyone, look! I found it! I found my knife! Plumpy takes off from behind Lord Licorice and starts uh, stabbing people again. Come on, Hans! Gretel and uh, Hansel link arms and continue swinging at knights who stand in their way of getting to that staircase. They finally get to the foot of the steps and three knights charge them. Gretel continues up the steps, not paying attention. Go! I'm right behind you! Gretel turns around to see Hansel and one full swipe takes out all three knights. Okay, come on up the stairs! Let's get moving! Uh, the twins charge up the stairs, taking them two at a time. Cut to exterior, candy castle, tallest tower, same. The twins throw open the door to the tower. In the bright daylight, we see how many nicks and cuts are on their bodies. Uh, bon bon Bard's back is facing the twins. As they stand in the entryway, bon bon Bard slowly turns and does the villainous slow clap thing so many villains do in movies because I think, and this is very important, that it's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> Well, 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 twins. You made it to the Candy Castle. Good job. But you're too late. King Candy has fled the city on Gummy Bear back. Why did you do all of this, Bon Bon? What was the point of sending us all over if you were just trying to kill us at King Candy's Candy Castle? Seriously, are you even trying to kill us? Literally, why did you send us on this mission? Because I like being in control. In charge. Not buying it. What's really going on? Because of Princess Peppermint. What? We rescued her. We okay. One second. What? We rescued her just like we were supposed to. No, you didn't. Because she was betrothed to me, and upon her return, she wanted more of her life than to wed a simple, handsome, songbird bard such as myself. 
She ran away to the rainbow-sprinkled islands, leaving me all alone, heartbroken, desolate. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Bond, that's not our fault that she didn't want to marry you. Well, I wanted to blame someone. <laughs> and why not hold the people who set her free accountable? I don't know. Maybe pick the people who kidnapped her? I took care of them years ago. You know what, Bon Bon? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Gretel and Hansel at the same time charge at Bon Bon Bard and shove him over the side of the tower. No! Wait! As we watch his buddy plummet to the uh, molasses ground below, we faintly hear him shouting, It wasn't supposed to end like this for me! Gretel and Hansel crane their necks over the side of the tower's ledge as Bon Bon Bard slowly disappears out of their eyesight into the molasses moat below. Huh. We really just did that. Cut to exterior molasses moat same. A small group of angry town folk have come to watch the ruckus that's been happening at Candy Castle. With all the noise, how could they not? Bon Bon Bard's body shoots into frame and he flops into the molasses moat. His body slowly sinks into the goop. What's this? I'm not dead. Villagers simply just watch. Bon Bon Bard tries to move his arms and legs, but can't break through the heavy molasses on his own. Villagers, help me! The Bon Bon Bard! Please, I beg you! The, the villagers stare at him a little bit. No. Yeah, let's just go home. The small group of villagers disband. At life's last breath, a song. The Bombard Bard set on his quest, yet didn't get the outcome he wanted. His body fully submerges before he can finish. Aww. One last little air bubble pops at the top of the molasses. Cut back to interior Candy Castle staying continuous. Hansel and Gretel, swords in hand, quickly run back down the stairs, ready to fight the rest of their knights with their friends. Instead, the rest of the knights have either gone or are dead on the ground. Princess Lolly and Lord Licorice make out in the middle of the hallway, and Plumpy stands a few feet away from them, his back turned and covering his eyes with one of his hands to give them some privacy. He hums cheerily to himself. Oh, you two are back. Lord Licorice, embarrassed, lets out a small cough. Ah, yes, wonderful. Uh... <clears throat> the remaining knights <laughs> fled the castle. It seems word started to spread that King Candy has fled. We did it, everybody! Yahoo! So that's just it, then? It's over? For now it is, Hans. Let's all get out of here. Everyone nods in agreement. They go through and climb over the dead bodies, back down the hallway, and take the main staircase through the extravagant front huge entry doors and start to make their way across the drawbridge. Lord Licorice helps Princess Lolly onto a red gummy bear, and he gets onto an orange one. I don't know if I'll ever be able to express how thankful I am to you two. I couldn't have gotten Lolly back without any of you. Yeah, great. If you two don't work out, just don't try to murder us. Gretel elbows him. What? We didn't say anything. Truly, thank you. We would love to have you in Licorice City. We can pay you there with whatever riches you need. Can I come back to Licorice City, too? Licorice City would love to have you back as well, Plumpy. Plumpy's eyes widen with more excitement. We will visit Licorice City, but I don't think we can live there. Oh, no, absolutely not. We get too caught up in all the casual sex, partying, and recreational drugs. Yeah, it'd be fun for a bit, but boy, we can't do that every day. 
To well, each their own, I guess. Princess Lolly? Yeah, Plumpy loves it. Yeah. <laughs> Plumpy has a vacation home. Can we see Plumpy's leather boots? <laughs> they go all the way up his legs. Oh, yeah. Princess Lolly, if it's all right with you, I was hoping my brother and I could take your place in Lollyland. Oh, my God. Yes, of course. It's all yours on the condition that you do come visit us at Licorice City yearly. Deal. Overhead, a white ball of light flies through the sky and crashes into the tallest count tower of the Candy Castle. What was that? They all look over the hill and see a pirate ship coming into focus from the soda sea nearby. It looks like your mom's trying to take the castle back. Oh, well, good for her. <laughs> yep. Let's call it a day here, everyone. Gretel and Hansel each get on a gummy bear steed as well. Plumpy, do you want us to accompany you back to the gingerbread forest? Oh, no, that's okay. I can get myself there much faster. Plumpy huffs and puffs himself onto a gummy bear steed as well. The group of five slowly move forward on the gummy bear horses as more bright white balls of light start crashing into the candy castle, taking down walls and landing into the molasses swamp with big gloppy splashes. Uh, we hold on the destruction of the kingdom for a few more moments before we cut to black and roll credits. Wow. Woo! We did it, folks. We did it. I really liked that uh, you didn't kill off King Candy. We didn't yeah. talk about that, but no. I liked it. Yeah, I, a mystery I was, in the night. It was yeah, very no, I really liked un, it. it was very unexpected. I, I was expecting to watch him get a big old candy sword through his Yeah, gut, you wanted but... you wanted a face off with him, but no. We didn't it, set it up for it, so I didn't do it. Hell yeah, it really, it really plays into our thing. That the, the game never ends. And the game never ends. Mm-hmm. King Candy uh, always stands uh, at the, the end of the Candy road. Land, the Candyland saga does end. <laughs> uh, we did it. That's it. That's the. That's all of Candyland. We have basically so written all of Candyland. And it's weird We're that really all of our brains are broken forever because of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we just kind of have to smooth Candyland out a little bit, and then... He'll be ready for the silver screen. Ooh, baby, yeah. Uh, well, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're currently not making any movies, so I doubt there's something going to make our Candyland movie. <laughs> when movie, this is the first movie they'll make when they get back into big major mm. motion pictures. That would be so. very I'll nice. Put money on it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we just do it all in front of green screens, everyone could just do it at home. And it yeah. could be the first work from home yeah. movie. Oh, let's just Send do it Zoom media. style. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Torture. Uh, well, congratulations. Uh, thank you guys. Mm-hmm. Thanks so much to all of our readers. You all did an amazing job bringing this to our so good. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Really good work, everybody. That was really great. Yeah, excellent stuff. Um, and uh, thank you all to all of our listeners out there. We hope you enjoyed it uh, just as much as we did. In fact, uh, you guys probably enjoyed it more than we did. <laughs> um, so Shout make sure listeners. that you are subscribing, rating, and reviewing wherever you're finding this podcast, especially rate and review, because it helps people like you find and enjoy this podcast just as much as you do. Uh, also, make sure you're checking out Machine Culture. They have a bunch of other really great podcasts you should be checking out, like... The Chronicles of Nania. 
Deaths and Day Jobs. And Podzuki. So make sure you're checking all of those out. Um, and also follow us on all of our social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, uh, all those great places. So just find us there. And uh, soon we might be taking more suggestions for uh, movies that you guys want us to write. So keep an eye out for those. Uh, and I guess that's it for us. So uh, before we go, we just want to remind you all to... Please, Please make this! This show has been brought to you by Machine Culture.